such as hogs to yo. AI. Yeah. Yeah, yo, um, as you can tell by the episode length, yes, that's correct. We did record a three-hour episode. Um, Nick and Dan, still in Arkansas, joined by our very special guest, uh, our very first guest on Monday Night Hustlers, Sir Duncan Alex McDonald. I think that's his full government name, so look him up. Alexander. Alexander. Great fucking insight from that guy. Uh, we met him when we were down in Arkansas. Cool dude, does some cool things. Uh, kind of gives a little high level in what he's doing and, and what his company is involved in at the incubator. Um, he obviously stole the show. You're probably going to want us all, or especially me, kicked off the, the show and, and have him permanently replace me. So I don't blame all you tens and tens of listeners. So... Give it a listen. Let us know what you think. We talked about a shit ton of stuff, as you can see by our three-hour episode. So uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, and hope you enjoy the episode. Peace. Important oh, charging. Yeah, it does. Oh, we lost that. It's forever lost in the ether. Yo. Yo. What's up? Sorry. What? For what? Nothing I don't know. happened. No one knows anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new. Nothing happened. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I mean, it's content. We're gonna, we're gonna add it in there. It wouldn't even let me end. It wouldn't let me end the recording. I had to just close out the whole app. So I don't know if it required that first part. Okay. Yo, so this is take two, uh, episode twenty-one. Date is June seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, we're back again, Nick. You wanted to introduce somebody special, go for it. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to say special, but he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, before we got cut off, we were talking about the Adam Slander movie because I, I definitely want to make sure that's on the podcast. Um, it's called Murder Mystery. Everyone should watch it. It's it's a uh, it's a movie with uh, Adam Slander and uh, Jennifer Aniston. It's great fun for the whole family. Are you getting paid um, by this movie? Not a sponsor. Nick? But Harry's Razors. Harry's <laughs> no. The best shave on no, this no. side of the Mississippi. Anyway, not yet a sponsor. Um, yeah, I'd, be, I'd be remiss if I didn't introduce uh, one of our colleagues from the Accelerated Program, Duncan Alexander McDonald. I'll let you introduce yourself, Alex. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Alex, um, as Nick likes to call me Duncan, which is my official name. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, working on this accelerator program with these guys from London, England, but I'm uh, Canadian born. So got a bit of a weird past and I feel a little bit out of place down here in the South. So, but it's, uh, it's all fun and games, isn't it? Yeah. When he walked, when he walked into our apartment, the first thing he said, he said, I smell pancakes. <laughs> flapjack? You didn't say flapjacks? Was it no, no, it's, it's, it's pancakes. It's pancakes with uh, real Canadian maple syrup. It's, I could smell it from at least half a mile away. Proximity <laughs> to that. So, Alex, how is living in Little Rock compared to London or, or what part of Canada are you from? I'm from Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa. What um, city? Is that a city? That's, a, that's a, yeah, it's a city. It's uh, in Ontario. My bad. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> Typical American education right there. Yeah, yeah. 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 My, is that my, in the my, States or... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no province. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, so uh, London to Little Rock has been an interesting journey. Uh, I don't know uh, really how I feel about it so far, except for that the uh, the weather's a lot hotter and, and the people's accent have really, really changed. And I've, um, I've been to a Waffle House now, which I can successfully cross off my bucket list um, and never go to again. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's a terrible bucket list item. We can definitely talk about the Waffle House. All right, so let's start off the podcast with an amazing uh, Waffle House story. Um, So we went out to Bentonville, Arkansas over the weekend for a retreat for this accelerated program. And um, part of the retreat included, you know, drinks and going out to a bar. And then um, Alex, myself, and a couple other, and Dan and a couple of other accelerator peeps went out to Waffle House. And Alex, I mean, you could... Well, I mean, suffice to say, it was five gentlemen in a, I want to say at best, a four-person booth. <laughs> and then we also 3 a.m. And uh, I've never been to a Waffle House before. I've been to an I, but never a Waffle House. So they hand me a menu. And then the the waitress, who we found to later be named as Jenna. No, 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 no. <laughs> Her name was... Jenna. So we she, kind of, she went around the booth and said, "Is everyone, you know, y'all been to Waffle House before?" And everyone nods yes, and I kind of give a blank stare. She she had a name tag that said Captain on it, and we asked her what her name was, and she said Captain, and she didn't want to give up her real name, but she went out for a smoke, and her like coworker said, "Oh, Jenna will be right with you," or. We asked her for her name or something like that. And right when she walked in, there was five of us there, uh, heavily intoxicated. Y'all, Jenna. <laughs> and she, she was super embarrassed. But... She is in a face palm. But... Yeah. yeah, so uh, I got a, uh, a Waffle House hat that had Virgin written on it, which uh, <laughs> I can safely say I still have in my possession. <laughs> And uh, one of the gentlemen that we were with also ended up twerking quite a lot in the Waffle House. <laughs> um, so all in all, it was a really interesting experience. I'd give it a solid six out of 10. Uh, the food, a solid four out of 10. <laughs> and um, the, the company, a solid eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yo, when you company said Waffle House, it, it hurt my stomach when you said that. Because I, I couldn't imagine what the toilets were like after you ate that food. Honest to God, I felt like my body was rejecting me the next day. Like, I thought yeah. I, was, I was like an extra from the Alien movie, and at any point, someone was just going to come out of me. <laughs> someone. Someone. That's yeah. something. Yeah. Well, then we, then we went to the weirdest museum on planet Earth, the Crystal Bridges Art Museum. That was good. And that was amazing. You I would say it was good, Nick. Yeah, yeah. He, he was appreciating it. He was Snapchatting all the art and everything. <laughs> it, Check out the copyright rules on that, and then <laughs> that's, that's, how that's how millennials enjoy, uh, enjoy art museums. Is Snapchat. I was sit, like standing right beside Nick, and he just went, "I bet I can make this into a T-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll monetize that for sure. No, the that art museum looked like Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park uh, research facility. It was. I think they invested like a billion dollars into it. No joke. The uh, one of the family members of Walmart uh, is an art collector, and she buys like a hundred million dollar pieces, which are in there. And I mean, it's 
It's, it's no, an amazing the, place. So the billion dollars was just for the structure, and they're like, you know, it didn't count for all the yeah, hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars of art in there. A billion but dollars for the structure? Just for the structure. I mean, it's amazing. It's It's got, like, its own, like, ecosystem. It's got, like, a lake with fish and shit. <clears throat> Not fish and chips. <laughs> um, but fish <laughs> 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 Was that, a, was that a dad joke about Little Rock? No, but so it's it's a world-renowned Amer- American art museum, and um, so the the person who built it is like the granddaughter of the Walton the Walton's original Waltons, and she built it because she felt guilty because she got like seven DUIs, and she in order for for her to like give it back to the family and. For, and to Bentonville, Arkansas, she decided to spend a billion dollars to develop an art museum. So. I see we're really going up to the top of the train, <laughs> the, of the shade pole here. <laughs> you know, if we're going to make some enemies, let's make it like... Uh, I mean, come at us, Waltons. I mean, what do you have? A sponsorship? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bezos guy, so come at me. Oh, how, how far is Bentonville from Little Rock? Three hours. Yeah, three hours drive. Felt like forever when you're hungover, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you came back with Brian, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys actually go to the Walmart, like the first level Walmart? Uh, no, if there is a Walmart museum there, I'm going uh, back this weekend. Did it start in Bentonville? Yeah. yeah. It was the yeah. first Walmart. And uh, there's still headquarters there. Nick and, Nick and myself went mountain biking and with other guys the next day, which was our first first official mountain bike ride. Nice. More than halfway done with the accelerator. So you guys that, that was another, another yeah. So that was another yeah. seventy million dollar mountain bike. So trail. there's a mountain bike trail there that another relative of the Waltons made, and they like invested like seventy million dollars into it. And like we literally went legit mountain biking, like in mountains on dirt trails with sketchy ass trails that you need to wear a helmet and have a nice bike. I thought I had a nice bike until I realized out there, and I was just driving like a huffy compared. Yeah, I quit halfway through because I was dying. <laughs> I like I couldn't breathe. It was like ninety-seven degrees and like eighty percent humidity. I was like, hey guys, I'm gonna head home. And I just took a nap in an air conditioned car. Wait, yeah, you just decide halfway through the mountain bike trip that you're just gonna turn back and fucking <laughs> yeah. go home. <laughs> Well, yeah, so like you're, there, you're too there was a break. There was a break between the trails, and I'm like, "This is my way out." Oh, okay. Because we were with like a guy that run that does like marathons and you know like yeah, 500 like mile bike rides. Um, I, I'm not all about that, so I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a nap in a car kind of guy, so I just went, just went back to the car. Yeah, I was playing catch up the entire time too. This guy named Todd, he was killing it. Well, I mean, the best part about quitting halfway through mountain biking is to quit. You still have to mountain bike. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with this, but I still have to mountain. Either I'm gonna still gotta ride back. Bike. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he just turned back by himself. So for half of it, there was a there was a hill I had to go up to get back to the car. I just took my my bike and just walked it up the hill because I couldn't do it. I was done. But it was great scooters. What? They have scooters. They didn't have lime scooters. They, there. Otherwise, yeah. they had they had goats there. What is not this? like they're. The, it, I like how you said that. That is a synonymous thing with lime scooters. <laughs> not no, lime, but goats. It's literally goats. The original lime scooters. <laughs> <laughs> no, where do I scan it? <laughs> it's literally, it's, it's a scooter company called Goat. 
That's oh, oh, really? oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> literal ghosts. Yeah, I, I thought we were talking about actual fucking ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, do I scan its horn? Where do I take the picture of it when I lock it up? Yeah, well, I don't think there's that. The it's literally a goat. Yeah, so they, they launched them in Chicago over the weekend, and there's already, like, complaints about, like, scooter litter. And then um, I followed this Twitter account uh, called Chicago Scanner that, I don't know who does that, but shout out to whoever runs that account. He just like listens to the the scanner all all night, and people were like stealing them at night. Um, it was like tweet was like suspicious characters uh, take scooters into unmarked vans um, and uh, driving you know south on Grand or some shit. I don't know what they would do with them. Yeah, scrap yeah. them. For scrap what them? like six dollars in aluminum, aluminium. Yeah, sell the parts. I don't know. There's a GPS in there. But yeah. can we go back take, to the guy take, that take listens it, to a scanner all night? Shop shop. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, your shout out was real, but at the same time, that could be like the world's best drinking well, game. Well, <laughs> like, like, like assault and battery is like one shot. <laughs> Wally's got a minivan with an antenna on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just sits in the middle of Chicago. I've I've seen that guy, the scanner guy, on Twitter. Oh, oh I thought you meant yeah. like person. No, 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 no. no. Oh, uh, speaking of weird vans, uh, I went grocery shopping today before or after I left work before this podcast, and I uh, put my grocery bags in the back seat, closed the door. And a car kind of like passed me by very awkward, like awkwardly close. And there's this dude in sunglasses and he says, man, you're handsome. <laughs> and I just say, thank you. And I turn around and I shut the door and I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Damn, it was very follow- creepy. Did he follow you? Little, little Rock. Uh, little it, rock it, was, it was my first uh, creep experience. Oh, really? Yeah. I never, I never had like a... Have you ever been to a gay bar? Yeah, in Miami, remember, where you ditched oh, me? Yeah. I was actually in a gay bar once in Sheffield, which is like northern England. And I was there at like 5 a.m. And I saw this cage. And I was very inebriated at this point. I saw this cage. And I was with a couple of friends. And I was like, I really want to go in that cage. <laughs> and, uh, and I started walking up to it. And one of the girls grabbed me by his shoulder, pulled me back, and she's like, if you go in there, you're not coming out alive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, please, come on. It looks like fun in there. <laughs> There's a black hole in the bottom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got another one. <laughs> Just a lollipop on the ground. Ooh. All right, well, what's on the agenda here? Um, I was going to talk about Father's Day. It was yesterday. It was Wondering if the people who do have fathers, do you guys do anything for your dads? And then people who do have fathers. Yeah, that's such a, it's such a sad fucking statement. That's, that's, that's two out of the five of us. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, so. onto the minorities. <laughs> my, yeah. Father, uh, my father day experience consisted of me facetiming my mom, saying and uh, asking her about some other other just personal crap and. Uh, her saying, hey, you know, it's Father's Day. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a father. And she's like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Sorry, Papa. Sorry, Papa. 
so she gets to enjoy both uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day. She's which, she's scoped you up for double gifts, which she fully <laughs> deserves. She's but. a shark. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, but she's uh, she loves Father's Day just as much as she loves Mother's Day. That's good. My mom is the complete opposite. She doesn't want to even mention or speak speak its existence that that it's Father's Day. She doesn't want anything to do with that. There's holiday. no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I always like to say uh, my mom's like the Virgin Mary. There was. There was. <laughs> That's what it says. Be, yeah. be God and not made. What yeah. being with the Father. There, there was no. So are you saying you're Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't want That's to... why that guy commented on him in the bed. <laughs> I just thought Jesus in the parking lot. You spot. are handsome. <laughs> Goddamn, Jesus. You got a nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that uh, Alex has very, uh, a lot of personalities. One of them, <laughs> <laughs> one of them is a uh, uh, very flamboyant gay man. Yep. Yeah, um, he he's, very well. He's, he's very funny. He's a 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 I don't want to say it's a simple holiday, but I guess the holidays, the, the Hallmark holidays. But uh, we went to my sister's house. Um, he uh, Earlier in the week, I went to the gun range with him. We shot a bunch of his rifles, so uh, that was a good time. But we bought him um, – uh, we essentially pitched in for like, – like, it's so stereotypical of my dad because he's worked in construction his entire life, like on Christmas and birthdays. And the other day, he never received gifts. He's always gotten fucking some tool – on uh, an actual tool to use on on those holidays so we got him a uh an impact driver and then we all pitched in to give him a, a large gift card because he wants to buy a, a gun safe so we got him a, a large gift card yes meaning uh a significant amount of money um no uh, no physically it was very large just like one yeah of i mean charity it, it, <laughs> had, had I, I had the opportunity to actually buy a fucking actual large gift card i'd spend the extra money just for the fucking you know materials printed on but um that'd be awesome yeah we just went to my sister's house and hung out and uh we had some i mean basic barbecue american barbecue food and uh drank and just laughed our asses off about movie quotes so it was uh despite the weather it was uh, it was a good day so it's funny that Scott mentioned tools because um, I looked up a stat. <laughs> Great segue. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's so sixteen billion dollars were spent um, projected to spend uh, on Father's Day this year in America, and top three spends are cards, home improvement tools, and subscription boxes. So subscription boxes that must Ooh, have crept. Nice. Yeah, that must have crept. Shout out to our sponsor, Harry Grazers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harry Grazers, cigars, our, beer. Wait, is there a cigar subscription box? Of course there is. Yes, any, there. Any, you can subscribe to anything. There's a whiskey sample subscription box. Because you don't want to buy three bottles of whiskey every month. I expensive whiskey, at least. Yeah, Let's talk about the you is that because you don't want to be seen as an alcoholic or because you just don't want to spend the money on whiskey? Both. Uh, Both. If you're an alcoholic, <laughs> and I mean you're a normal person, you usually shop on a budget. But uh, yeah, you're not buying. I had a question uh, to Scott. Uh, Scott, were you like shooting a, like an AR-15 or M16 or something like that? Was that your dad's? Yeah. So uh, to the listeners and the people that don't know my dad personally, uh, he's a uh, 
avid constitutionalist kind of guy, and he takes the sec- he holds the Second Amendment dearly. So uh, with his retirement, he's been kind of uh, improving on his uh, weapon collection. And um, one of the things we do often is to go to the gun range. And yeah, we, he had an AR-15, an old World War II era weapon, and then like uh, like a, a lever action rifle that we shot. So it was. Uh, I mean, he normally pays for all the ammunition and has the guns, and I just pay for the range fees. So it was uh, it was a fun time with him. So uh, note to self: never rob uh, sixty three twenty seven North Neven, Chicago Avenue, <laughs> Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know where your address is. But... Well, I was about to say, hopefully you weren't trying to actually air my parents' fucking address out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Scott's parents' house. I, yeah. I, 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 a random guess yeah. in a random street I know. Hopefully no one just shows up in that house. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> right. Well, I mean, even if they do, they're kind of fucked. Yeah. Why? Uh, they got guns. Uh, so how does it feel to shoot a, a, a AR-15? Uh, I'll ask Alex this kind of question. Alex, have you ever fired a gun before? Yes, sir. So uh, did you have any like pre- preconceived notions about actually firing a gun before you did it? Or is it kind of just uh, you just went in with a, like, a fresh mind? Just went with a fresh mind. The first time I shot a gun was uh, in Miami, actually. I went to a gun range with my brother and his good friend, uh, Trey. And Trey, uh, he uh, he's quite a, a good hunter and everything. So he, he walked me through the basics of gun safety. So I asked him, could I do a desk pop? And he said, <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a hard no. <laughs> you know, uh, desk pop from the what, other what guys that from, um, where you're just at you're at the desk you just take the gun out shoot it in the ceiling and put it away <laughs> actually uh, Wahlberg in that detective movie he's uh, like a desk pop and he shoots yeah. the gun at his desk i didn't i didn't get the reference but I, now i get it and sorry oh it's it's a great film you need to go film. watch it yeah okay it's a, it's a great piece of cinematography <laughs> Hey, hey, don't hey, don't worry about it. They always make fun of me because I say photos instead of picture, and it's a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's a photo. Oh, did you guys take that photograph last night? I don't say photograph. <laughs> I, don't I say, say, say photograph. photograph. <laughs> there he is with like the hood over him and the light hanging up to the yeah. side. Like, oh, I need to replace my bulb. <laughs> yeah. No, hey Nick, you you were just in New York. I I heard I heard this. Uh, it's like a Northeast thing now. It's like uh, the kids say, "Yo, l- l- let me snap a flick real quick." Uh, like, take a picture. Wait, was yeah. that a movie? That's a movie, right? That's a video. Uh, either either video or, like, a picture. Like, yo, let me get a flick. Well, they're wrong, because a flick isn't a picture. A pic. A photo. Right, hey, yeah, you don't, you don't determine the fucking the language the kids, nowadays, bro. Yeah. The, kids, uh, the kids got their own lingo. I determine the language I consider valid. Well. So what if a kid on, in New York or Boston is like, yo, those those change founders. Yo, hey, can I snap a flick? They're going to be like, no, fuck you. That's not what you say. No, I'm going to say, I'd, I'd love for you to take a picture. It's $5 a shot. <laughs> yes, subtly correct them. Yeah. Uh, but back to Alex. I'm sorry, buddy. You were saying in Miami, uh, you you uh, you went to the gun range? Yes. Brother, myself, and uh, his friend Trey. And I found out that day that uh, not to mess with my brother when he's got a handgun on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucked up thing to say. i'm so glad you had to learn that lesson physically as opposed to just well like well it. like i'm like i i could take my brother and then and then all of a sudden he gets in the gun range and it's like the one two three four five six targets and he just hits all six in a row and i'm like cool 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 cool, cool. well <laughs> i'm about to miss everything i got here but then i realized i wasn't the worst person in the range because to the left of me was a guy with like this like combat shotgun 
And like he had the target at like maybe like ten yards down range. And he <laughs> would shoot it once and the target would just like fall off because <laughs> like it's a shotgun. And I'm like, Yeah, you got it. Like you definitely hit yeah. your shot there. You proved well your done. Point. I'm glad you're working on your accuracy. <laughs> and then the the guy to the left of him must have been I want to say at least 450 pounds. He was a big, big dude. And he had an Uzi with a red dot sight on him. Oh my and, God. But he was like shooting from the hip with a red dot sight. And it was really, really weird because like he was just spraying and praying, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I was so transfixed by what was happening to me. I actually forgot to like shoot the gun for about five minutes because I was like, this is, this is a real special occurrence in my life. And then I shot the gun yeah. a couple of times, and I was like, I can see why people enjoy this. So I, I've never shot a gun. Um, well, not like BB guns and stuff like that, and like smaller guns in Poland when I was a kid, but um, I don't understand the the allure of shooting a gun. You need to shoot, you need to shoot a gun. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of why I asked Alex. So, I mean, I, I've, in my adult life, I've, I've shot uh, quite a bit. I don't say quite a bit, but more than most probably. Uh but yeah, Daniel, going back to what you asked about my yeah, my dad's gun collection, like I've never shot one of it. Well, I've shot his rifles before, but I've never shot that AR-15 thing. And uh, as Alex mentioned, uh, he witnessing a guy an Uzi with a red dot sight, which seems a little fucking preposterous. But uh, my dad had a red dot sight on his, and it makes it so much easier to shoot. I mean, it's kind of literally just point and shoot type of thing. But uh, again, I don't know what it is if it's a, a manly thing or if it's just the ability or to understand the power that you're wielding, but uh, and the noise and kind of everything that encompasses just going to a gun range. But uh, it was a yeah. really fun experience. And like I said, it's more of a personal thing. It's it's a lot more fun because I'm doing it with my dad and it's something that he's passionate about uh, and I have a little bit of a passion for. So I think it's kind of just the uh, uh, the time that's actually spent with him um, doing well, something it, it, that he it, enjoys. It's, it's weird. Like, I think, like, shooting a gun is, like, I don't know if anyone played football here, but, like, it's like playing football and coming off the field and your, your head coach smacks you on the ass and goes, good job. Every time you pull a trigger, it's like that feeling. You're like, oh, yeah, I did good. I have a different metaphor, and there's like four things. Uh, I would like to rebut. I would like to rebut. Metaphor battle. This is a new segment on your podcast, Metaphor Battle. Yeah, you like yeah, you just really like getting slapped in the ass. So I was about to say, yeah, I want to rebut my experience. It never felt like I was getting a slap on the ass by an elderly man. So uh, Nick, Nick and Dan. <laughs> so man. after a good shot, your dad never slapped you on the ass? No, never. <laughs> yeah, so well, Nick and Dan, someone needs to get the support system over there. <laughs> there's there's four things I want to mention about shooting gun and I shot a I shot a gun in like once, not once as in one time, but like <laughs> pop multiple different guns. Multiple different guns in one like session. Uh, session work yeah, session. <laughs> um, one is it's amazing how guns are designed and how different they feel. Yeah. Two, you never, you never think you hold the gun like you think you do. It's much different. Of course. And, like, yeah. Like three, there's like a, a whole uh, aspect of like respecting the gun because. Once you fire that sucker, you're just like, holy fuck, especially if it's the first time. And then, and then four, it's not like punching. A, it's like it's like it's a stress reliever, but it's not like punching a punching bag. It's like punching a hole in some drywall with it, where it's like much more satisfying. Like if you did, 
I don't know. I don't know if any of you have had uh, anger to the point where you punch a hole into a piece of drywall, but I have multiple times. And uh, <laughs> there, there's no better feeling. There is no actually, better feeling. Actually, in one session. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but how does drywall feel in your hands? Uh, <laughs> at that time period, really like nothing. <laughs> well, I was about to say, there's no better feeling than teaching a piece of drywall that you can whip its ass. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that drywall goes away. It goes like Jesus. Well, guy. punching a punch. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm I not say a... this to, to Dan's point about about like not knowing how to hold a gun, right? I I've gone to the range only once in my life, and I thought playing ten years of Call of Duty would would help me succeed in, in shooting a gun, and it doesn't. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, uh, you have to uh, not. And everyone anticipates the recoil. No. Can't. Which which makes which makes shooting much harder because you tend to push the gun down, where yeah. you just need to let it go, and aiming is hard. But I think everyone can get a hang of it after a couple practice rounds. But sorry, sorry to keep talking here. But one other amazing thing that maybe many of you haven't experienced is shooting a compound bow. Oh yeah, cool. I appreciate Dude, that. that. That's even better than a gun, in my opinion. Just because you, you like aim, you cock it back, and then you let it go, and you see you actually like a bullet you don't see. Like hopefully, if you're lucky, it hits the target. But an arrow, you just see that sucker fly and then smack the target. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it just has a lot more, uh, a lot to do with the fact that your entire body, or at least your upper body, is involved in the process, as opposed to just pulling the trigger, squeezing a trigger on something. So. Uh, yeah. I can certainly understand that aspect of it. Uh, but just really quick, Daniel, I wanted to mention is, so you were talking about respecting the gun and gun safety. Um, uh, the last gun that we shot with my dad, uh, when I say lever action, people might uh, know what that is. But pe- for the people that don't, um, just think of like the old spaghetti westerns with guys that would have a rifle and there'd be a lever underneath the gun and you'd have to pull it down and back up to load a, a new round into the gun every time. Like the repeater? Uh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. For all the uh, Red Dead Redemption fans out there. Um, but uh, we just started shooting it, and the his his lever action, uh, actual action is not very fluid sometimes, or it's, it's like kind of it's not oiled well enough. And there was a live round that got stuck in the chamber, so we couldn't we and we couldn't get it out while we were on the gun range. My dad's tapping it with a screwdriver, and I'm just waiting for a fucking bull to go off in the chamber. Uh, <laughs> but but so my dad's like, I guess we're done shooting, and we just put it in a it back into to its case and drove 50 miles home. And it was just pointed at my back the entire time. I was waiting for us to hit a fucking bump. And just... <laughs> <laughs> this is where I interject, Scott, with. Uh... Gun safety is paramount. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they, I, uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't actually pointed out my back. It was pointed out the, the rear of the car. But even so, I was just like the the masochist uh, portion of my mind was just thinking that something terrible was going to happen at that time on the ride home. I don't think you mean mass. I think you mean pessimist because masochist means you're going to like it. Yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> for, the, for the shitty drivers Happy out Father's there, that might Day, be My appealing. dad shot me in the back. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, is that is that, yeah. that in guns? Yeah. I, Anybody I else so. have any gun stories? So Nick, does this make you want to so, shoot guns more or no? Less? So my mind is my weapon, and I, and I use it accordingly. If your mind is a weapon, it's like a dull, rusty spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say sharpen, shitty, sharpen, prison sharpen. <laughs> it's a prison shank of a mind. <laughs> yeah. It'll yeah, come out of nowhere. It's, it's a kidney. Yeah. It's, really yeah. Good. 
No, I, I want, I want, I want to, I mean, at some point I'll shoot again. I just have no urge to, to do it right now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't like, I don't have an urge to, to shoot a gun. Um, I don't care if people do shoot guns, just don't bring them into my schools. I mean, the last time I shot a yeah. gun was actually in the Highlands of Scotland uh, with my good buddy, Alistair. And, oh, uh, right, and it was like the weirdest experience because like, we cycled to his land up in, in Scotland and it's like a beautiful, like piece of heaven up there. But, um, I mean, he's one of those friends that like infuriates you at the time because he'll make you do stupid things. So like, he's like, I'll carry the guns on this bike. So I'll cycle down. And then you get on that old bike that I have of mine, which didn't fit me because he's like six foot seven and in short, I'm not. And so he's like, oh, this bike was like my 14-year-old bike when I was six foot one. And I was like, yeah, I'm still not six foot one. So the <laughs> bike can fit me. And I had to literally point the handlebars right to go straight. And so, like, I'm cycling down this, this like, what's effectively like a country highway with cars going past at 70 miles per hour. And I'm barely keeping this bike straight. And he's got two guns on his back kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm going... Only in Scotland would this be possible. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Alex, I don't know how much time you have, but I would love to just hear, like, more stories about you in the UK. Like, living in the UK versus living in AK, Arkansas. <laughs> oh, shit. That's actually AR. AK. Oh, it's AR? Hey, it's AR. It's AR. Alaska. Uh, Alaska. Uh, AK is Alaska. So I appreciate the attention. Yeah, Alaska is AK. Fuck. All right. Well, what I've noticed is, like, it was, like, a completely because I've, I've been down the u.s quite a lot but like arkansas is like its own slice of americana where i've never really experienced before and people are lovely down here in all honesty they're really really lovely they're super polite but it's like you look around and you kind of go something's different about this and i can't quite put my finger on it yet and you really notice it when you go out for like drinks for example or something like that and uh you know even like the the drinks that you have over here are like vastly different and the people are vastly different and it's just i want to say it's like almost a culture shock is it, it is it's is a, it a completely good? different culture i i love it yeah so far i mean what i don't like is like i'm like where should i go for lunch oh these three restaurants and i have my choice between jimmy john's which is What's been explained to me, like a subway, but not a subway. Uh, it's much better. Freaky this bad. awesome Asian restaurant, shout out to Threefold, had yeah. lunch there oh today. That's yeah, lovely. That's to die for. And like this Lebanese restaurant around the corner, which is really nice. Is, yeah, it's it's Lebanese restaurant in fucking Arkansas. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been eating a lot of Lebanese in Arkansas lately. And it feels so wrong, but it's also so right. Yeah. Uh, but like on the kindness piece, uh, Waleed, when you were here, you mentioned like people are like super kind, and you're like, you had a ten year old kid to say like, "Hey, how you doing, sir?" Just like walking around and shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sound like an asshole here, but even the homeless people say hello. Yeah. And don't, yeah, don't ask for money. Yeah, like they, they say, how you, how is your day going before they ask for a dollar? I mean, wow. I felt really shitty about that the other day though, because I was coming back from the gym um, with a oh, with another out? guy. Oh, I work out. <laughs> I, I bench, and uh, so I was coming back from the gym with the other guy, and this 
this homeless guy comes up to me, very, very friendly, actually. He was, is actually altogether a lovely altercation. And uh, <laughs> altercation. And uh, he goes, uh, sorry to trouble you, but could I get some, can I get some cash or something? And I was like, all right, yeah, no worries. I, I can, I can see if I have anything. And I realized I had just come back from the gym. So I, I just kind of like, you know, when you tap your pockets to like, almost like prove to them, even though they don't have x-ray vision, you like tap your pockets and be like, ah, sorry, don't have anything. But I tapped my pocket that had my keys in it. And it still made a little jingle sound. And I was like, sorry, I don't have anything. And I hear like this jingling going off. And I was like, he definitely thinks I have something now. <laughs> and I, he I thinks had to like, get a fucking like car. take out my keys and like dangle them to like prove I didn't have anything. But then I felt like I was like treating him like a cat and not a human. And I felt really shitty about it. And I've been actually looking for him because I want to buy him something now. Like, uh, did he have a square card reader? Yeah, we talked about this today. Oh, yeah. Like these, like there's, people in london now that have like card readers as well where they come up to you and you're like can i get some change and you're like i suppose i can give you some apple pay like yeah like i'll tap and go like let, let me scan your thousand dollar iphone yeah um, yeah you're like you're like i don't know what's happening but like i almost appreciate their entrepreneurial spirit i love that yeah i always give a guy a dollar it makes me feel better <laughs> that's true altruism right there yeah, right? <laughs> at the end of the day if you give a dollar, you're a better person. What did you guys think of Arkansas when you're down here, Scott? Ooh, I got called out. Um, got called uh, out. So, welcome to my uh, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I walked through the kitchen real quick. Um, so I don't know. I have I have a I don't want to say a special place in my heart for places like Arkansas, but uh, just growing up in the city and uh, you can sing a little bit. Um, yeah, growing up in Chicago and I guess kind of the politics and everything that's been going on in the state for so long, my family talks about it kind of openly about moving all the time. And I really like Little Rock, Arkansas, specifically just because it had at least the downtown area. Um, it had kind of, I guess, the urban feel or the things that I'm used to in Chicago and just the, the kind of nostalgic appeal uh, with the architecture and everything going on. And the busyness of it uh, mixed with kind of the quiet, small town feel where there's less people. Um, I'm kind of a hot tempered person. So things like traffic and large crowds kind of just get me uh, my, my temperament uh, bubbling a little bit. So that not being there is just kind of honestly a physiological relief for me because, like I said, it just I, I'm, I'm, I'm hot headed. So just like I said, the smallest things uh, can kind of get me going. So the fact that there's no traffic. Uh, you guys, you guys touched on something saying that everyone was really nice. I mean, I feel like most Midwestern people are, are, are nice for the most part. Obviously, when you get into some urban areas where things are a little bit more fast paced, people can uh, have a little bit of a different attitude. Um, but yeah, they were everyone was really friendly. And um, I mean, obviously, I was with my friends and it was kind of just a shit show of drinking and having a good time. So overall, mixed with my friends and just like I said, that small town feel, but with the, uh, the kind of urban environment was a really good time for me. Wait, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Little Rock has a good mix of a couple of things to do, and then enough quiet time so you don't you're not super distracted. So like you'd get bored in like six months, but if you're here for three to five months, I think you'd have a good time and enjoy. Well, it. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's a catch twenty two. Is like I enjoy. Like I said I enjoyed the downtown area we were at. Um, everything was like visually appealing and everything for me. Uh, and like I was being with you guys. I don't, but. I would certainly get annoyed because we've grown up in the city for so long that 
I would get tired of the same three fucking bars or restaurants that I'd go to. I would, I would, I would certainly get tired of it. I think after at least a year or two. All I remember was pulling up to the traffic light and seeing the group of Chicago boys going on the lime scooters. (laughs) And I was like, there's a scooter gang right there. Like, I just imagine you guys like circling around people, like like whistling and be like, "Hey, <laughs> what the fuck is this? The West Side Story?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember them pulling up uh, next to us when we were on the on Main Street? No, I remember. Uh, I, I only the only person I remember was your one friend who we was at the bar with us. Is Alex the other guy that was with him? Yeah, that's Brand- Brandon. Yeah. yeah, so Brandon was in the car. So was Chad, which. Who will be on the podcast next week, hopefully. Okay. Um, and uh, you're in the back seat, right? Yeah. So they pulled up on the. I don't know. Yeah, I remember you guys. Yeah, I remember the yeah. car pulling up, and I feel like it was yeah. just you and Daniel that was talking to him. So I, I'm sorry, yeah, Alex, we didn't get to meet you officially, but uh, well, I'm glad oh, you got you, to see you us in our the bar. Bar. You you bar. Bar. How faded were you? <laughs> you well, uh, how faded were you? <laughs> and you got an American as fuck. <laughs> that was American as fuck. What are you, Usher? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where exactly we were going with that, but um, yeah, I liked Little Rock. It was a good time. How about you, Ali? I feel like it was like the perfect city to like to scoot in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's all I can think of. Like when I tell people about Little Rock, it's like so you get these scooters, right? And then you just you just ride them, and you just keep riding them. <laughs> Dude, every time you hopped on a scooter, you had the biggest smile on your face. Every time you were not on the scooter, you looked depressed as hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like being in the open road. <laughs> I could, t- your- I could tell humidity gets your happiness from from like 100 percent down to like 0.5. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big air conditioning guy. Like, if, if, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've told you this, but like, I truly believe that if like a lot of these uh, war torn countries had like more air conditioning, I think there'd be more peace. That's true. I, that's true. Air, conditioning, <laughs> air conditioning can solve world peace, almost. Not all of it, but it can. It can one, come one, out. One, uh, one BTU at a time. Right. Exactly. One B- <laughs> so here's a fun thought for everyone: if if you couldn't drive around a car, what would be your chosen mode of transportation? Scooter, oh, biking for sure. Scooter. Scooters, just oh, just live scooter with a all in scooter, scooter with an air conditioning unit on the front. Yeah, motorcycle or go kart? I don't know. Uh, now let's say no motorized vehicle. Uh, freaking, what about uh, what about the, the skateboards with the with the scooter? A Tesla, it's battery. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Elon Musk just winked a little bit. <laughs> I want to say he went through the third time. <laughs> like what? I mean, what other options are there besides like walking? I would say electric bike. scooter, uh, electric a skateboard, one wheel, bike, a solo one wheel, wheel yeah. a, bike, oh, a skateboard, right. scooter for sure. I feel like this is like a upper class choice, but I'd go with like a Segway. I've never been on one, but I want to. I want to use that. Segway tours in uh, Little Rock. I'm Should we go on a they Segway do? tour? I do. This is a little office. Every time I walk past, it's closed. But I think I just know if I go on a Segway, I'm going to eat shit. <laughs> like you know I'm the guy. End up the guy who invented Segway died on a Segway. Who died on a Segway? The guy who invented Segway. Oh, he died on a Segway. Yeah, he fell off a cliff. 
What a segway. Well, like, did he drive it off the cliff or did they yeah. find a Segway and then they found him off the cliff? Like, the Segway, like, revolted and threw him off the cliff. <laughs> I, I could have. Well, I was going to say, maybe he was getting pushed out of the company and decided to, like, generate bad PR and just say, like, seg- <laughs> like maybe there would be a story generated, like, Segway kills people. Yeah, could have been. Remember what, I remember when the Segway was first announced, like, in 1999 or whatever. It was, you remember that? The next revolutionary mode of transportation, they wouldn't even tell you what it was. Then they announced it with a Segway, and everyone was super disappointed. By the way, there's thought it was going to be like, you know, like a flying car. Besides, just- yeah, they're, I mean, they're not that great. They're, they're a bit overrated. But business idea, Segway tours now transitions into scooter tours. I'd be happy to give people scooter tours. Segway tours are now a $400 billion industry. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you pulled that figure right out of your ass. No way. That's like $14. $14 industry. $14 industry, <laughs> give or take a couple of change. I stole Segway. Exactly how it's like. Yeah, Segway. Found it out. Dan's putting it on his Amazon wish list right now. Segway? Those things are like eight grand. Screw that shit. Speaking of segways, here's another segway. So, Dan, tell us about your Amazon wish list. <laughs> uh, well, now it's a segway. Um, but there's a 404 tour company that is in Little Rock that does segway tours. And we shall do one before we leave this facility, this area. Can you, I'll hop on can a you, is there, is there, yeah, is there a possibility to swap out? Like, can, can I be like, all right, I want to go on a tour, but like, just, I want to be on a scooter. Uh, well, Segway is like a scooter, but much faster. And is it faster? I don't think so. I hit, I hit those few miles an hour on my last scooter today. They scare me though. When, when, when that, the thing is, I'm like, oh, I'm trucking along here a little bit, and then I look down and I see like 15 or 16 miles per hour. I'm like, dude, it's, I'm really going on this yeah, thing, and I'm like, and then I start it. thinking, I'm not wearing a helmet. Yeah, yeah sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> and I start thinking. The amount of motorized vehicles that I've crashed in my life, I really start thinking I could do Dude, some damage here. Yeah, you hit a rock, you're flying, you're you're you're, you're done. Yeah. You're done. It's sixty bucks for a hour and fifteen minute tour. Of Little rock. Bad, yeah, but you're touring Little Rock on a I'm gonna be a hot mess by the end of that tour. Yeah, they better good. take me into like an air conditioning plant by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> not, those are yeah. very hot. <laughs> it's it's, it's those are notoriously hot, ironically. <laughs> ironically, right? Very ironic. Conditioning plants, very hot. You guys, you guys are like you're speaking my language right now. Exactly. Yeah. Anti segway well, well, conditioning. If you guys didn't know, these segway, <laughs> these segways are actually uh, air conditioned. But no one are they? Yeah. There's a little conditioned air. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I was singing, yeah, believe me. Um, Alex, 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 Alex you forgot to talk about how your father's day was. Oh, right. How are the kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Junior's doing great. You know, I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Genghis Khan, spread the seed far and wide. <laughs> um, no, uh, so I didn't obviously get to spend Father's Day with my father, but uh, I've, I've bought him a couple gifts from Walmart, uh, as I feel is appropriate <laughs> when I'm in Arkansas. And uh, one of which is a shirt with a unicorn on it that says, keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I 
would be happy with that game. On any <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you guys know. I mean, the the you know Arkansas team is the Razorbacks here, mm-hmm. which is a uh, pig basically. The football team. Yeah. yeah. And so I bought it's a him. Hog. Oh, whatever. It's a pig. <laughs> it's a pig. Bigger and hairier. And then I, I bought him a, a shirt that goes, woo, pig. <laughs> Does it really just say that? Oh, hard yes. <laughs> here, here's a photo of the, here, you, obviously no one else can see this. Yeah, say, here's the photo. Unicorn with keeping it real. It's tie-dye oh, and everything. Oh, my God. We gotta put. You gotta send it to Ali. We'll post it on our social. Yeah. So it's yeah. a it's a it's a hard hard kind of Father's Day deal where I was like, I'm gonna buy you the most quintessential Arkansas things, and then I realized there's much better things to buy in Arkansas. <laughs> and I saw that unicorn thing, and I was like, Oh, I found something right now. Because so I was shopping with a guy, and he's buying a, a gift for his father, and he's like, oh, I'll get like a a golf shirt and I was like oh that's a really nice gift that's like a really really nice gift and then I saw this keeping it real and I was like you know what screw the nice gift thing I'm liking this unicorn shirt I'm buying this there you go over under like yeah I'll actually wear that shirt sorry over under how many times I'll actually wear that shirt oh god you know what I'm gonna say he's gonna wear that shirt a baker's dozen like he's gonna wear it at least thirteen times. <laughs> what did you say about Baker's dozen last time? Can't no, I, I I use Baker's dozen at least a Baker's dozen of a time a day. I th- I think he was talking about a story where he went to like a bar with his friends and we had he's like we had like a Baker's dozen of shots. <laughs> I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, him and uh. Him and other dude bought like a million shots when we were at that bar, and I was like, "Oh, nah, these were those dollar shots we're talking about." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, well, the context. I come like last Thursday morning, morning out, yeah. and uh, then they're like, "All right, you can come in our car up to Bettenville, and over the course of a Lord of the Rings movie, hard." <laughs> They're like an absolute liability, but he's gonna bring us some laughs and some fun time. <laughs> and you just bought a million bakers. All right, let's, 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 so, uh, yeah, hostess of the show, but uh, you mentioned uh, no go on the Father's Day. Uh, what what? Did, Talk about anything else? About Father's Day? No, I mean, I just had those quick facts. Hello? All right. Well, um, tell us something exciting that you've done, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you guys know how I've been, like, working from home for, like, last month because the plant next to us blew up. Oh, uh... Duncan over here doesn't know that, but uh, so Waleed works at a manufacturing facility for. Do you, do you consider it produce? Not produce, no. Nah, just just consumer product goods, CPG. Consumer product goods, right? Like any kind of like well, foods, drinks, something like that. And the factory next to him blew up. How did it blow up? Did, as, as OSHA, OSHA is still investigating. 
But how how does the right facility to the just block? I know. simple goods. No, the the plant next to us was a silicone factory. There's a joke to be made there, and I just can't figure it out right at the moment. So it was the plant next to it that blew up, right? Yeah. The The plant next to it was making meth. (laughs) (laughs) Meth factory. Welcome to Chicago. Hey, we get a bad rap for meth, but (laughs) and murder, but we really don't do that much of it either. Well, I mean, you do a little bit of murder, though. I don't know about the meth. Killing the game. So I was told that Scott or wait no who who does the science segment? Scott. Okay. Yeah, Scott. What? Give me some science. Oh, also, we're gonna move on to the science facts. Science yeah, topic. This, this, guy's this, a this is around. Scott's. So, so, Scott's half so Half ass science back. You're supposed to be running the show, and you come with father. You want to, so you want to tell him about? We've been saying it's half ass science every forever. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, actually, yeah. So, uh, kind of, so, uh, normally I try to talk about actually like overarching science topics, but this one's a little bit more specific based on a study that was performed recently. But, uh, there's a study that came out of Australia. So we talked, uh, I think within the first five or six podcasts about vaccines and how like measles are coming back to the United States because fucking people refuse to vaccinate their kid. Uh, so there's another good reason to actually vaccinate your kids because a study out of Australia has shown that um, uh, based on uh, the, the actual researchers from the United States um, and they looked over the medical records of 100 or I'm sorry, 1.47 million American medical records of children that were born from like 2001 to 2012 or something like that. It's like a decades uh, um uh, uh, a 10-year a difference between uh, the actual study. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But essentially, uh, people that got either a partial or the full kind of schedule of vaccinations that um, are required by the United States, at least to like, get your kids into public schools and stuff like that, have shown a major decrease um, or less likelihood of people, of children receiving type 1 diabetes. So... Um, yeah, uh, it sounds like you assholes aren't listening. So I'm just gonna. I'm listening. Hey, look, I'm listening. I'm trying to figure out what you're, what you what you're saying as far as like the vaccinations. What's what the result? Mean? Okay, yeah. So, so basically, the, uh, they this woman or these researchers looked at, as I said, the 1.47 million people's medical records and. Uh, we're indicating and and uh, checking off people that are children that have received any type of vaccination and then varying number of vaccinations in between that. So just a basic vaccination you might need to get or the full schedule of vaccinations that you're supposed to get. <clears throat> and the ones that received all of the vaccinations uh, essentially had a 40, 41% less likelihood to receive or to uh, contract type one diabetes or develop type one diabetes in their lifetime. Um, so what kind of uh, vaccination was it? It was just the regular schedule. So no. So the, the main was the rotavirus ones. Um, I forgot the, the rotavirus was what's the one that we get. It's measles, chicken pox. Um, there's polio. like four, polio. Yeah. There's like four or five different diseases that we vaccinate against. Um, that's called the rotavirus thing. And this is the main, the panel that they're talking about essentially. Um, so, 
but but overall, in, in the overall study of or looking through the medical records, they saw an actual drop in any type of ch- child that received any type of vaccination. So um, it's directly correlated to the number of vaccinations vaccinations you actually receive. So as I said, if you got the entire panel of vaccination that was kind of required by the government or that's recommended by your doctor, um, that's where we got that 41% number, um, the 41% less likelihood of type 1 diabetes. So uh, it's just another reason for um, people to get a vaccine or to to. But get how, the... how 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 are vaccinations correlated with with diabetes? Uh, so that's the thing. That's kind of so. This was a really small study that was done. So there was not an actual sample size that they took out of like people they were testing or experimenting on or trying to prove uh, prove this hypothesis. Um, it was just based on medical records from the United States. So. Um, Obviously, there's that caveat at the end of this or this article that said, you know, obviously there are further mm-hmm. testing needs to be done and the sample size is small. Um, but based on the actual sample size itself, and again, because correlation and causation is not something that's normally used in <laughs> science as like a definitive kind of uh, um, uh, conclusion to a study. Uh, so again, like I said, there's that caveat. Um, but I just kind of wanted to talk because and relate it to my job a little bit because I work in dialysis and uh, the number one cause of people with end stage renal disease, which is what dialysis essentially treats, um, is diabetes. So um, the like the top three, um, well actually the top two are mostly diet and health or, or um, lifestyle related uh, con- uh, uh, results that that come from diabetes. So or come from uh, Jesus, I'm butchering this. So pretty much. The, the number one, yeah, the number one cause of, of end-stage renal disease in the United States, at least, is diabetes, type one, type two, mm-hmm. and the number two is high blood pressure, and oftentimes uh, those um, those things are side effects of people that have, you know, like I said, terrible lifestyles. They're sedentary. They don't work out. They don't exercise at all. Um, they eat a lot of processed foods, a lot of sugars, um, and all this stuff tends to lead to diabetes. Um, and the last time I checked, I think there was 3 million people every year in the United States, um, that need to go on dialysis. So, uh, if anything, like I said, I was trying to relate it to my actual profession. So if, uh, this actual study that was done has any, um, actual bearing or uh, conclusive evidence, it would help mitigate a lot of costs, the medical costs in this country and, and just lead to longer longevity. So, um, Scott, uh, Scott, what's do up? you work for the vaccination companies? I do not. <laughs> Okay, I was gonna say you're selling them pretty hard right now. Well, I mean, I feel like companies. I feel like you should be selling for vaccination companies because, like, no, I'll take I'll take the vaccinations. I'm all I'm all for shooting healthy stuff in my body. It's all good. Um, <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that one, or yeah, anything that uh, the doctor tells me to do, I'm gonna do. I trust him. He goes. He goes. The question is, Nick, when was the last time you were at the doctor? I've been a doctor in like uh, 17 months. Uh, I'm, surprised. I'm very surprised it's actually that it has been that recent i uh, think it was like what, five what years I, I mean i was because I, I didn't have insurance for a while sorry obama but i i had to like uh, get insurance so i wouldn't have to pay a penalty so i got it and then i went to go see a doctor and they're like oh yeah you're good and then i had to pay 1600 dollars in like lab fees i'm like no i'm never doing this again yeah. last time i went to the doctor they sent me to the hospital which cost me thousands of dollars so it's a big well, scam. Daniel, you it's were a like big scam what we thought was a fucking minor heart attack at the time. So I can understand why yeah. they did that. Yeah, well, this guy this guy was stressing out so hard that he had a, mi- <laughs> a minor heart heart attack. So I still do. 
You just have fucking heart attacks weekly. Eighth <laughs> Tuesday heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fun and games. Welcome to the startup world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no joke. Uh, try not to have minor heart attacks. <laughs> and literally, and meditate and, and take care of yourself. Is that the public surface announcement? Surface. 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 Public surface. <laughs> literally got a, a text message from Danny Max. Scooters are in my hood now. What do you say? Scooters are in my hood. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. it's, move, it's moving closer it's to the uh, the town. All right. Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Before before first break. Before first yeah, break. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a break. So... Hey, hold on, hold on, Scott. You, um, Alex was talking about hogs and pigs. They're the same species. Yes, they're the same species of animal. Just like dogs and wolves are actually the same species. They're not any different. They share a hundred percent DNA. It's just that humans have artificially selected for the less domineering and aggressive type of hog. So we got domesticated. I, I want to hear more about that on the next, uh, the second half of the podcast. What the fuck? Yeah. I just, I just, oh my God. Yeah. So you have five minutes to become a, an expert on pigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? No, he, know, he knows it right off the top of his head. He didn't have to do any research. That's why I love Scott's animal facts. All yeah, right. So you just need to, all we'll right. be back in the second half. Um, all right. Yeah. Quick break. Yo. Moshi Moshi. What was that? That's Japanese for hello to a phone call. (laughs) Moshi Moshi. Uncultured swine. Speaking of swine, Scott. No, Japanese, Japanese, American, Japanese, 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 what your your like job situation is from here on out, but you can replace me as host. No joke. <laughs> you can replace me as host. Easiest job interview I've ever done. <laughs> um, uh, so Alex used to have a, a comedy podcast where uh, it went uh, public. It IPO'd, and he's a hard no, but he's yeah. a podcast millionaire. I was going to say that explains why you're you've done so well in the or the yeah the the feedback we've gotten from you. On Wait, the what podcast. do you mean? What do you mean? What like public? How do you make a podcast go public? Uh, just people listening to it typically. Um, Great. Well, what does NPR do? <laughs> Ever heard of NPR? That was yeah, but our fucking yeah, but they're, they're publicly they're they're a publicly funded company. Publicly funded, yeah. So public. Yeah. Um, so I at University of St Andrews in Scotland, podcast? we did a uh, a comedy Pretty show. Right. Myself and a buddy, Kieran Harris. Shout out. Have a show. Kieran, I'm sure he's listening. I'm in, sure he's listening. A, in a while, I haven't heard you in a while. Um, it was called uh, Slander and Libel. And literally, we would just talk for 15 minutes, then put on a rap song, and then talk for another 15 minutes, and then another rap song. And we did that for probably an hour and a half. And it, it because it was a university show, we'd always have someone waiting outside, like knocking on the door, basically saying, can we get in? And we were just having way too much fun. So um, we got into a little bit of trouble, but it was a... Uh, it was a great time. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, why did why did you call it slander and libel? Did you guys just talk shit and defame people's character all the time, or what? It was mostly um, talking shit and uh, defaming ourselves. Okay. <laughs> really, at, at a point because we'd bring guests on and they were like, "What the hell are you two doing?" And um, I kind of actually joined it because I was a guest one time, and then they're like, "Yeah, you know what." just come on all the time and just have fun and i was like you don't have to tell me twice people have to like 
listen to me, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I was going to ask real quick, Alex, uh, since you, you said you did this in college? Yeah, yeah. How, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So Jesus. Yeah, but like, full age. disclosure, I've aged like milk in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these one-liners are killing me. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, like people are like, you're 25? Wow. Wow. And I'm wow. like, I know, it was a hard paper route. Don't, don't look <laughs> yeah. at me. I was about to say, you look like you're from Tales from the Crypt. Oh my god, a hard paper. Uh, okay then. No, oh, yes. Back we're talking back about wolves. Yeah, no, pigs. we're talking about pigs and wolves. Wolves and pigs. Yeah, because you're in you're in Arkansas, which their mascot for the University of Arkansas is Razorback. So, Scott. I mean, Scott pigs. puffed and he puffed and he told us about the genealogy of pigs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know the specific genealogy. That's why I need a, I need a, I need a more specific uh, uh, subject. We gave you five minutes, Scott. What? <laughs> you were supposed to research. <laughs> well, uh, you didn't give me anything to research. I told you what a fucking pig was and what a hog was, and that was like, do your research. What? A, what? what about what about a, a boar? Again, uh, I mean, a boar. I think it's just that's another. It's a that's a different species of uh, pig. A boar, I think, is um, an actual like an African species of pig. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Why Why are pigs naked and boars hairy? Again, I mean, why is there a Great Dane out there and then a fucking Chihuahua? It's just they've been artificially selected for to not have those kind of characteristics. I mean, uh, genetics are, an awesome, are a pretty crazy thing. Uh, Bill Burr does a pretty. <laughs> A pretty good skit about this in the stand-up or one of his old stand-ups when he's talking about how, um, you know, white people always question why there are so many black athletes in professional sports. And he and he goes on to elaborate like, well, for 300 fucking years, we pretty much selected for the strongest and fastest black people. And we wonder why we have uh, the slave owner, yeah, the, you know, the slave owners selected for the, the biggest and strongest. Um, and, he, and he just, like I said, he breaks kind of his joke down into why we um, – we have no reason to complain because we did this to ourselves essentially. Um, so yeah, I mean, you look at all species of dogs, uh, every individual dog, there was a breed that had a purpose and owners or previous breeders saw other purposes in, in their succeeding uh, progeny and just kind of picked out this characteristics they liked and just bred for those kind of things. And that's kind of what happened for domesticated pigs. I mean, they're super intelligent. They provide a lot of meat. They're pretty docile. Um, so the, why are they smart? They seem like dumb animals. Uh, actually, I think uh, like in the uh, mammal family, whatever the fuck the actual designation is for mammals, um, they're like the top three smartest animals, three or four. Pigs? Uh, yeah, pigs are like second to dolphins. Yeah, really? yeah, they're they're unbelievably intelligent. So um, I'm not particularly sure why they're why pigs or domesticated pigs are particularly intelligent. Um, uh, I couldn't even tell you about pig or hogs in general, so um, I can't answer that fucking question. But, like, circling back to it, I know one of us has a great pig story, and it's actually Dan. And we found this out driving down the highway to Bentonville, where we passed by this truck hauling pigs with a trailer. And I saw some of the biggest pigs I've ever seen in my life. They look like, like I want to see, like, baby horses, but just super fat. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell are those? And then Nick was like, oh, those are pigs. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then, and then Dan goes, speaking of pigs, 
I knew this one girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but continue, Dad. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a valid we story. About this lady. It had nothing to do with things. Yeah. So I said, speaking of things, I know this one girl. I literally said that unconsciously uh, fell into a trap. But uh, <clears throat> she was an old hairdresser of mine. And um, she adopted a baby pig. And that baby, that, that baby pig, which she thought was a mini pig, ended up turning into a real pig. That, a real pig. <laughs> a real, not a fake pig. Yeah, that turned into 350 pounds and uh, destroyed her entire house. But she couldn't uh, come to the realization, uh, uh, not realization, but like come to the fact of letting it go because she loved it so much. So it was uh, supposed to be a small pot belly pig. Yeah, so she thought it was going to be like a, like one of those little mini pigs, cute little guy, ended up eating, kept growing, became 350 pounds, destroyed her kitchen floor, living room floor, all the doors, her backyard, because he ate every fucking piece of grass. And then, and then she had a great breakfast. Yeah. But I mean, at some, at some point, when it's like 75 pounds, he must kind of go, that's a big pot belly pig. <laughs> like, the thing is, to let her let it go to like three hundred, it doesn't happen overnight. It's denial, man. We like she just it. goes, oh, the, my my pot belly pig is just big bone. My <laughs> micro pig is just a hundred pounds because he's micro strong. And, and you're just like, no, it, it it's like it's marriage. growing. It's yeah, don't buy it. Like it's like, how is it like marriage? It's go like, on, Captain Metaphor. It's like the <laughs> it's like the American marriage, you know, like uh, you guys like each other. And then you get older and start getting fatter, and then uh, next thing you realize, uh, you're 350 pounds. And what dream are you laying out over here? Yeah, the American dream. Yeah, I think it has more to do with the. Yeah, that that was that was something else. So now, now are <laughs> we do, speaking I'm about? The, I'm doing the reverse of that. So I started off fat, and I'm gonna get really fit and have a lot of abs in my 30s and 40s. Well, can we shave the bacon off your back then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, can we fry the bacon off your back? I'm more interested in the shaving aspect of it. Well, well, Scott, you know you and I mutually shave each other's backs. (laughs) We do. Is that intimate? Do you guys like put some nice songs on in the background while you do that? Or I, 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 I would I would not object to that, but I get oddly uncomfortable when that shit is, uh, when Nick does shave my back. It's even though we're best friends and I, I mean we. You get uncomfortable? Him. I'm super comfortable. No, I'm not. I shouldn't say I'm not. Uh, maybe initially <laughs> I was, but um, I don't know. There's still this apprehension that kind of is in the. Is air it because he's so gentle? Or <laughs> no, it's probably because he's more rough than I'd like him to be. <laughs> Why are you gonna say that? <laughs> for the I'm podcast, good, I'm not good with the, the Clippers. Podcast. Sorry. What was that? I said I'm not good with the Clippers. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just, it's it's all in good fun. Now, on a side note, it's just just because I'm the Canadian here, what does everyone think of the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA oh, championships? Good, good, good call. Um, uh, I'm a big fan. I called it. I'm gonna say it again. I called it. I don't think you called it. I think you're. I just did call it. at the beginning of the playoffs. I said Raptors are gonna win. Not that I had any knowledge or any kind of insight as to, you know, my... Well, is there anybody no that can testify to this? Are you just win. fucking saying that? It was a lucky guess. Well, what I'm saying is, who did you tell this to so we can verify? I mean, you could ask Syed. You can ask... Uh, I think I told Brandon and Chad. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit, but okay, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, what, what uh, about no, you, yeah, Waleed? What, what did you call it to start? 
Say that again. Well, what did, what did you call at the start? Yeah, Mr. Sports Guy. Um, well, I I I thought Warriors win it all again. So I didn't think anyone in the East had it stood a chance. Um, so I mean, good on good on Toronto. Um, Do you think it was a fluke, or you think they have a dynasty in front of them? Um, if they can keep quiet, then yeah. Uh, I mean, Kawhi was definitely a difference maker. Um, he's he's fucking that good. He's going to get paid whatever the hell he wants. I mean, um, so if, well, if he leaves, then Toronto's not uh, – they're not competing for uh, another well, championship. Yeah, see, he has a free agency coming up after this year, right? Yeah, I mean, he's free agent like in two weeks, so. Yeah. Well, so real quick, uh, how much how much money did you end up losing on the series? Me? Since you're a betting man. Um, no, I actually won. I – I didn't bet the side in the last game. I bet the over, and that hit easily. Uh, the game before, I bet we were. I think was last that the game Monday, that Syed said it was easily going to go over the one fifteen or whatever. Yeah, it didn't go over, but we. I bet Warriors, and, and Warriors won the uh, last yeah, game. Yeah. We were watching it here. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, I actually did pretty good on on NBA. So, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of in the league with. Uh, well, I'm more in the league with Nick. I I wanted the Raptors to win because I like that. Uh, the whole the parody that's that's allowed in in some uh, some uh, sports like I, I just don't I'm tired of seeing the same team win over and over again so I wanted Raptors yeah one, one, one great one great thing I like watching uh, as we were part of this uh, accelerator is that one guy was from California and one guy was from uh, Bla- uh, where's Blazers from uh, Portland Portland. And they were they were rivaling against uh, each other. Obviously, the Portland guy lost. The Blazers lost. And then next thing you know, like he, uh, the uh, Golden State guy was shoving it in in the Blazers' face. And then after all, Canada wins. So and there's two there's two Canadian guys in our group, which uh, Duncan is one of them. And. Uh, that's not going to be adopted. <laughs> Change Alex's name. Yeah. Oh, so, hey, uh, real quick. So, I, this is kind of a little quick segue, if you guys don't mind. I was still talking about basketball, but um, I was terrible at basketball. I've always been terrible at basketball. Uh, but Are you I still played, terrible? Yes, but I, I played a few times with you guys. But the one time we went over to the um, – uh, what's the one center we went to over in Logan Square? Uh, the Chicago Athletic – no. Um, uh, Fieldhouse. The Chicago Fieldhouse. Uh, and – I was exposed. So, Syed, uh, we have a we have a good friend, Syed, who's a, a, a real close friend of ours. Who's this yeah, really mi- uh, mild mannered, really nice guy. He's the type of friend that would give you the last dollar in his pocket, the last shirt on his back, kind of dude. Um, How many shirts but- is he wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, you son of a bitch, uh, interrupting my my fucking. Well, I was going to say my obituary. <laughs> Monologuing. Monologuing. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I got to see a different side of him. So he, we actually played competitively basketball, and he was talking shit to people, um, being really aggressive, and I just never see the side of him. And I wanted to ask you, Alex, uh, you mentioned you, uh, uh, you, when you said football earlier, I'm assuming you were talking about soccer, or were you actually talking about American football? American football. He used to be a rugby player. American uh, so football yeah, did and you rugby. Play, did you play sports at all? Scotland national team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a Canadian can do that, but – no, I played, uh, I played rugby in uh, Scotland, and uh, I played uh, football in uh, in Canada. So it's not like real football. It's like pseudo-football. I got you. But, but did you – I mean, 
So obviously the the stereotypical Canadian, like uh, the stereotype about Canadians, you guys are really um, humble and just well mannered people. Yeah, they don't is, talk shit. I was gonna say is is the does competitive. I mean, I watch hockey, and there's I mean, most of the NHL is made up of Canadians, and there's plenty of uh, um, kind of shit talking that goes on there. But from from growing up, is that kind of just part of the competitive aspect of Canada too, just like it is here, or is that like uh, ring true uh, the stereotype about Canadians while you're playing sports? The thing is, like, as soon as you get Canadians on ice, it, a, a, just a complete switch goes off in our yeah. world. <laughs> it, it's like nothing Man. else matters. And you have to understand, like, it's it's almost like uh, like the New Zealanders with, like, rugby or something like that. It's just like our national sport. We, we bleed ice hockey, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you've, you've ever been to, like, a Tim Hortons. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> So you know a Timbit, right? You know little donut holes that they cut out and make it into Mom's delicious little yeah. pops of donuts that you can have. Yeah. So like our little kids league is called Timbits, like nationally. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not even joking. You can. No, that's fucking awesome. Stuff. I love it. I love it. So so you know you get into the Timbit league and then you start playing hockey and you get addicted to it and then you start really going up the ranks and like Canadians aren't. I wouldn't say we're not the most athletic country. I mean, we do pretty well for ourselves, but like, you know, like when it's like the summer Olympics, everyone's like, Oh, Canada. <laughs> and we're like, hold on two years, fucker. We're coming <laughs> back in the winter Olympics and we're going to have the last laugh because oh, all sure. you are okay in sand and dirt and grass. <laughs> but as soon as this touches snow lights out, we're coming for you. You know, we were born into the snow. So it, it's like a weird switch that goes off in our brain, like especially like ice hockey. You know, you have like the Canadians, the Finns, the Swedish, all of them. Just we all just go crazy when it comes to like ice hockey. Yeah, but, so. I mean, you, you you told a story about when you went to go play with the the Scottish rugby team, and they would just hammer you and the guy that punched you in the face anytime you order a Corona. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Scottish, like, so I played rugby and the thing is like rugby in Canada is like, you know, you get hit and like you're in the bottom of like a ruck or a scrum and like people are like, Oh, sorry, bud. Oh, I didn't mean to push you there. Oh, I know it's okay. And then, you know, it's all like happy go lucky while you're playing it. And you know, it, it does get physical. I mean, Canada has got a, a really good team now, but like, go over to Scotland and like my first game I was in the scrum I stood straight up and there was this guy that was like at least 300 plus pounds across from me and I didn't even say a word and he just headbutted me in the face <laughs> and I was like okay so this is a different sport I'm I'm not playing rugby anymore or at least yeah, what I thought was rugby. <laughs> yeah like it was a controlled bar fight <laughs> and and I, like at some point like it must have been like the 50th minute of an 80 minute game. And I just realized I feel like I've been to war and I've got another half an hour of this remaining. And I just kind of realized, well, I don't think I've actually really experienced rugby before. And uh, I realized because we were playing this representational team from the, uh, from Aberdeen who are like all the oil drillers and all that. And, uh, these were some of the hardest guys I've ever seen in my life. I was life. about I was, to say, they sound like yeah, hardcore dudes. Like, honest to God, I was like, I don't know if you're a human 
or you're a car. Like you're, just, <laughs> you're built differently. And you know, like I'm, I'm like a nice little pint-sized human. And I was just like, I, I can't even phase you. Like I could literally hit you with a baseball bat in the temple, and you'd be like, oh, all right, that tickles. And then you're like, all right, well, you know, this is a different game altogether. So it is a really weird experience being like, oh, I play Canadian rugby. I'm pretty good. And then going over to Scotland being like, I don't know shit. I can't do anything. Yeah, it's always always quite the experience when you get humbled, no matter what you're doing. I wouldn't say I was humbled, Scott. Jesus. (laughs) Well, you got headbutt in the face. That's pretty fucking humbling experience, I'd say. (laughs) I mean, the day after, I was like, I don't know if I need to take an Advil or go to the hospital. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, uh, Waleed and I, Waleed played all uh, through high school and into collegiate football, but I played for like 10 years. And I always played offensive line. And in my last three years, I played defensive line. And when I was a senior, I, I weighed 180 pounds of defensive lineman. So uh, very fucking light. And I remember, at least, I'm sorry, when I was a junior, we would play our senior team who was um, like projected to go to, to win state. They were all, a giant offensive line. And I remember just getting hit by these giant humans and just realizing that like, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily not built for this, but I'm playing the wrong position for sure. Well, I played against this one guy named Eli Anku who actually plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Oh, and, nice. And he, he had like, he was like 17 and he had hands like ham hocks. Like, like it was just like, like I would hit him and I, the wind would just escape me. And yeah. it sounds rather poetic now that I say it now. <laughs> but like, you know, you'd, you'd go up to him and you're like, all right, Eli, and you just shake hands. He was a lovely, lovely guy. And then he'd come up and crack you, just like hit you right in the chest. And then the air would escape you like you were like the weakest whoopee cushion in the world. Like you'd just go, and then you're like all right well like i'm gonna retire at the right yeah i'm gonna play through this entire match i play my and you're like there definitely is a comes to sports because obviously there there are those people that that practice since childbirth and you know their dad or their mother like keeps training them until... just straight up the womb yeah straight yeah, up the womb. yeah as i said childbirth like it just literally I, the I know I, one of my old co-workers has put a, a baseball glove in, in his That's baby's what I'm doing. My hands my first my first black baby and giving him a basketball but it, but, it's, <laughs> but but it's literally like uh, the what's what's the basketball dad's name? The dunk, Levar Ball. Oh yeah, the two kids that are two NBA players. Yeah, yeah, Levar Ball, but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. just got changed. Got changed. Yeah, he's got two kids. Yeah, well, he's got three kids. European European team and like one of no, them. it's Levar. Le- then you've got Lonzo Ball, who Lonzo just got changed. Traded to the Pelicans right. uh, for Ball, uh, uh, the Anthony Davis trade to the yeah. Lakers. Was he a, a Lakers player? Yeah, he's a Lakers player. And then you got uh, the Lamenzo or Le- 
I don't know. I'm going to murder these there's names. A lot, there's a lot of balls. There's yeah. a lot of balls going around but that that's court. Why, that's why he's created a band called Ballers or Brand. No, yeah. it's just the ball band. He has like yeah. a reality yeah. TV yeah. show. He has a reality TV show. He has a yeah. brand called Ballers, like a clothing brand. Big baller brand. Like, like yeah, yeah, big baller brand. brand. First of all, they were millionaires before, like, before they became NBA players. He's a it was, marketing it was, it was genius. his dad just like, yeah, exactly, being a marketing, they got, they, marketing genius. He got his own water, too, and shoes. He owns water? He has his own water brand. Like, there's a big baller brand water. But he actually went on a show Is the other day. Yeah. Uh, well, Is nah, no, a bottle of water? It's a can of water. No one's on my... No one's on my John yet. All right, relax. Let me let me crank it back a bit. Even though if you had a dad or not, a, or you didn't have a dad. Are we going back to the Father's Day thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one of you would appreciate if your dad would just literally beat you physically and mentally until he became a rock star? I appreciate this, but you wait. What do you think? You appreciate the what? Discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, mind I mean, it. I mean. Well, yeah. I'm so it. glad that I have an opportunity to, be, to become a father because, I mean, not having one, not to get all sappy about it, um, makes me appreciate the qualities that a father can bring to a a child, male or female. Yeah, but as your friend, I think because you haven't had a father, <laughs> you don't exhibit the male qualities that you should pass on to your children. So that's a null and void. Scott, Scott's saying you're feminine. All right. You're dainty. I'm dainty. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, just because I don't shoot guns doesn't mean I'm not a not a. I, I'm yeah yeah yeah. I'm not positive. No, but like I I, I legitimately. Hey, listen. Next kid is gonna have the nicest Tesla out there. Right? <laughs> he or she is. He's gonna have gonna um, buy all the because they're gonna be selling the shit out of lemonade because I'm not giving him a single dollar. Good no, no, Nick's, Nick, Nick's going to be buying them all types of accessories from Touch of Modern on that app. Yeah, but <laughs> but alternatively, I think you know not to get too deep here, but it's if you, deep. if you have a great father, you alternatively need to have a great mother. You know, you oh, can't yeah. have one without the other. So, like, my dad traveled a lot, like a huge I amount, like well, no, a huge amount. So, like, he he was away a lot, and so like, if I had a weak mom, she in no way like i mean you know my personality now just imagine me at six years old all sugar high and shit you there's no way you're going to contain that mess of a human so like i mean my mom is like five foot and she scares the shit out of me to this day and the thing is like when my dad was away it was effectively like almost like a single parent household and right. so she was like juggling three kids. She did everything for us. She was amazing. Shout out Sandy. You did a great job. Shout out Sandy. I appreciate you. And, but she, she was like, she cracked the whip. And now she's old school. She was like, she's like, you mess up. I'm coming after you. And you're like, all right, cool. So you're basically mom and dad. She would give you the nurturing side. But <laughs> if you messed up, you knew it. Sandy was chasing it's you true. up the stairs. You had to chase. You have to go up the, the stairs on all fours like a like an animal. She she runner. She pet she pets your head saying, you know, you're a good boy. And then she grabs it at the end. She grabs it back your head Don't at the end of it. And says, if you fuck this up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna beat the living shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. I mean, I, I grew up with a single mom, so I, I think moms are stronger than dads when it yeah. comes to discipline and like teaching you 
um, just how to how to be a good person. But I know that since I have an opportunity to become a father, um, I I'm gonna kind of take that job seriously. I, I think dads are there for the the kind of great kind of overarching the high level life advice yeah. where it's like really like coming in and saying you know have you thought about this for your overall life but mm -hmm. mom are there for like that real practical how are you gonna wipe you know, your ass yeah don't be a <laughs> don't be an idiot yeah. like your so dad will be like do you think you've learned more from your mom or your dad not to single anyone out but like life 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 like skills today Okay. Obviously, you followed. Your so I'm going to give the most political answer possible right. here. Um, I've learned more practical skills from my mom in terms of timekeeping. Did you hear that, Dad? Did you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> Papa, are you listening? Um, so, like, my mom, you know, schooled me in, in the arts of, you know, being diligent, you know, proofreading things, understanding what people want out of things. I mean, my mom is like one of the most natural saleswomen you've ever really? seen in your life. She, she was an absolute shark. Awesome. And then my dad is such the raconteur, like the, the connoisseur of conversation. Yeah. You know, he knows how to tell a story and uh, not only tell a story, but that. he knows how to tell a story shit. well. But, you know, the, the sales, bullshitting. <laughs> well, the best way to explain it is my mom is sales. My dad is business development. Okay. My dad makes a really great relationship. My, my mom can close anybody. <laughs> so so it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really great twofold relationship. Uh, I, I mean, in my perspective, I feel like sales and business development is the same. Well, that's really, where you're yeah, wrong. Like, I, I appreciate yeah. that, like developing that. And then closing is a different thing. You bring in the closer at the, at the no baseball game, ninth inning. So, bring in the so question, question. You you had a mom and dad in your life, right? Yes. Uh, who wears the pants in the relationship? Oh, definitely my mom. Hard yeah. my mom. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I and I and legitly any successful relationship, I feel like the 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 woman not not being gender anything uh, wears wears the pants in in specific ways. Where I feel like my personal opinion, women have their own strengths, men have their own strengths in in the the most general of uh like aspects. Stop stepping around it. Go ahead and say what you find. Like in, yeah, in, in, in the most generalized, like uh like this, this statistically proven like there's like men and women strengths. Um I feel like women have the most power. Um and then if, if a woman realizes that she can open up those strengths, because like obviously there's always these gender gender battles. Well, we've had we've always had a strong woman in our lives, and that's our mom. That's why like like I always struggle to um, to understand when people say women can't handle their own situations. I'm like, my mom's handled every single situation that's ever been put in front of her. Yeah, like I understand that you know. Overall, it may, there might be. A but Nick, I mean, Nick, you can you as as Daniel's talking about how there there are I mean there are actual differences that people that scientists uh, you know people in, intellectuals recognize as actual differences that you get out of both your parents. Do you not sometimes wonder or think that maybe you would have turned out as a more complete person or a person that's a little bit more well rounded had you had a father or a father figure at least in your life? Thanks, Scott. You really, you really, uh, uh, not fully wrong the person. No, so like, 
we were lucky enough to have like even though we we talk a lot of shit about him but like we've had, we had a stepfather that instilled some type of discipline into us but we, like in our childhood we were raised by a household of women it was my aunt my grandma and my mom living in one house a one-bedroom house with dan and myself so we were raised by women and i saw nothing but strength and you know well, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not well, yeah, no, no, let me, let me finish my thought. Like, so I, I, I got all of those qualities from the women in my life, but I also got some qualities and discipline from the men that were brought into my women's lives. So like, whether it was, you know, a family member or an uncle or uh, one of my mom's, you know, like a stepfather or something that all contributed to what I feel is a well-rounded person in what i am um well no but, i mean come on don't yeah. don't lay that shit on me no no no, no. We all, no we all i'm just no yeah you know i'm not i'm not saying like you were talking shit i'm just saying you know i feel that all of my environmental kind of situations uh crafted me to who i am today so and like that bring that i i kind of want to add to that that brings a point to why it's important to have a mom and dad because whether you have a a a son or a daughter, uh, I I feel like the, the men pick up a lot of things from the mom, and the daughters pick up a lot of things for from the dad, and it's like a good even balance when you have both, as long as obviously mom and dad are there. Um, but when it comes to single parents. If you have one strong parent, like we did our mom, like even though she dealt with a lot of bullshit and uh, in, in my opinion, a, uh, a somewhat psychopathic stepdad, um, she was very strong. She like, she like the, the number one thing is she never gave up no matter how shitty the situation was. And that was super important. That, that was like the, I don't want to say masculinity, but like she just said, fuck it. Like, these are my kids. She, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I need to do. I'm going to fucking do it. Like, she was passive with the relationship between uh, with her and, and our stepfather, but she was very kind of stubborn with who we were. It's like there wasn't anything that, that. Well, no, I think that's one of those. Say. I think that's one of those, those uh, characteristics about women or mothers specifically that kind of gets overlooked all the time. Like, you know, men are typically seen as like physically stronger and like, I guess, you know, in a situation more capable of, of dealing with like a physical threat. But I feel like women, because they birth their kids, that they have so much more investment and kind of this, um, I guess, alpha attitude towards their kids. So I can certainly, like I said, I'm not trying to diminish what your mom, I, I know you guys, I'm your friends. I mean, you, you guys, I, Daniel, you live with me two or three days a week. You spend the night here. I consider you another brother of mine. I absolutely love you guys. So I'm not trying to diminish how you guys were raised or anything like that. But I just feel like I, because I was raised, I, I you know, that's one of those kind of things that I, uh, I champion for my, my parents, at least in the way, I mean, we were, we were raised middle class, but both my parents were kind of on the same page about how we were going to be raised. You know, there's that level of discipline and kind of, um, um, that loving attitude at home that I really appreciated. So I just was kind of trying to get in your side of like, if, if you personally, cause you, you're a deep thought guy here, Nick, if you've ever 
honestly contemplated what it would be more like to have a, more, a stronger male figure in your household. So, so I, like, honestly, I don't want, we don't need to get too deep. That was just no, no. We can get deep. That. Like honestly, if I had a fully functional family with a father that had a corporate job and a mom that was, you know, staying at home or working, whatever, I'd probably be working for like some like investment company right now. The yeah, fa- but- the <laughs> fact that the fact that our mom struggled, I feel like taught us that it's okay to struggle yeah, yeah exactly. but i mean that yeah the, the I mitigating mean, circumstances kind of that's kind of but, what made you guys who you are but nick mentions like the perfect family of my dad's uh you know a banker and my mom's uh you know she works or she's a, she's a household mom like it doesn't matter because there are situations where dad's broke and mom's broke or mom's the breadwinner and, and da- also, dad's broke or yeah. vice versa like so it doesn't matter. It just matters about the per- the person, the person, and the, the willing to give a fuck, in a way. Well, I also want to kind of put out the point that like every family, I mean, I think everyone can attest to this fact. Whether it's a complete family with mom and dad, or you know, if it's a single mom or it's a single dad, whatever the the case may be, or circumstances, it's always a family of psychopaths. You know, whenever you look at a, a family and yeah. you go into the household, you're like, this family is a bunch of psychopaths. It, it's, I don't care who it is, if it's the best. <laughs> That's know. what makes it. It's like, you, no one else. Like, this is your bubble and you're making the person out of this bubble. Like, people are coming in, they're not going to understand it. No matter what family, even if it's a perfect family, they're going to yeah. walk into this perfect family, they're going to think it's, that doesn't make sense because it's not my family. Yeah, like, not to make it, like, political but just using like two examples that are easy to look at you know if you look at the trump family or if you look at the barack obama family both families i'm sure if you get around their dinner table they're both psychopathic families at the end of the day because you know families make each other tick and i'm i'm sure scott you know even though you and i have had fathers present in our lives you know our families are psychopaths when you get them around dinner tables and everyone's talking is because everyone knows their buttons that you can push and yeah, things like that. No, yeah, that, that goes without fucking saying. That goes without <laughs> saying. That's probably the true statement that's been said today. Everyone, everyone has a crazy uncle and a crazy aunt. and uh, Crazy uh, But the one thing I, I'm really wanting to know is, Waleed, how is your family? My family? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of raised... Even though my dad left when I was two, I um, my mom still kept a relationship with my my dad's side. Um, <clears throat> so it was kind of like it's kind of like two two opposites. Like so, on my dad's side, um, I classify them as like Neanderthals, um, <laughs> and then my mom's side is very like like callous. Like they they show no emotion. They're just like stone-faced nothing faces them so i was raised like but like both sides like one was a crazy fucking just animalistic and uh animalistic uh instincts and then on the other side it was just like calm mild tempered and um you know no matter what the situation was you know they wouldn't break any kind of like smile frown shed a tear like my my mom, I think I've seen her cry like maybe twice in my entire life. Yeah, your mom's tough. Your mom like is no bullshit. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I really want to meet your mom. Cause I no, so Walid's mom is like a like a she's like, like a she's business a, she's an empire builder. Yeah, she yeah, like builds empires. Yes. I mean, she's a businesswoman. <laughs> business people are are very neutral to emotions. Um, one thing, uh, you know, Dan, I actually like. I, I wish you were back in car sales because I would love to see you versus her, and 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 uh, you trying to sell her a car and seeing who would get the bet better deal out of it because like my mother would literally like chew you down to the last penny wait but well is that why you're uh in a chevy sonic right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i paid no no yes i remember i remember waleed's first car it was like a chevy cobalt or whatever and she literally negotiated down to the so to the point that waleed had to roll down his windows in college like this is when like Nobody had rolled down windows with his older <laughs> car. She like negotiated that down. It's like, you know what? These are power windows. Not knock off a couple hundred bucks. Make him roll down windows. See, uh, I've been in that situation multiple times of selling cars. Especially, so one funny story. I just really want to mention this. I'm on a test drive in a car, and it's a husband wife situation. They're they're chatting about the car. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of like in between the conversation, and. The, the, the wife is driving and she keeps asking the husband questions and he's not responding at all. At all. And I, I realized after nine years of selling cars is if there's a husband and wife arguing, you just stay the fuck out of it. Like, like you are no place to like, uh, be on someone's side, but if you're going to choose someone's side, it's always the. It's always the wife's side because you know that's the decision maker. Um, but the funny thing was was that you know she asks a question, and I, I, I forget whether it was the husband or wife. But anyways, asks a question. The husband wife asks, uh, like, "What do you think?" Uh, or like, "I've been asking you questions," and the spouse says, "Well, I just have selective hearing," <laughs> and then it just turns into an argument. And it's a super awkward situation for uh, someone in my situation where I'm trying to sell them a car, but you just shut the fuck up right there, and then and you just let them you just let them kind of duke it out for a second, and uh, always hop on. When do you step in? Uh, I mean, at the end, we need to close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like at the end. Like, so you let them, you let you let any couple duke it out. And answer the question, and then you realize if you have a deal or not. Like, and the deal is, is like if one of the spouses really wants the car, which is usually the wife, uh, you have a deal, and then you just you just like crank away on. So what happened with that deal specifically? Uh, they bought a car. Okay, there you go. So I mean, Scott, like. I mean, you mentioned that you go shooting with your dad and all that. It sounds like he's a pretty macho fella. I mean, at, at the end of the day, how would you say is the balance between your two parents? Uh, so I, I feel like uh, that's kind of why I brought it up is um, the dynamic they have is my mom is this very kind of matriarchal. So you guys were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you were talking about, who has more power kind of, or just that dynamic that might, ex- that might exist between men and women in a relationship like that. And I, uh, certainly I feel like my mother has, you know, she wears the pants in a relationship or kind of whatever she says goes thing. 
Um, but there's a very defined line, I think, between how my parents kind of deal with both of us, where I, I've talked to my friends extensively about my dad, who's this kind of very stoic, you know, stereotypical kind of John Wayne type of dude who um, appreciates authority and justice and, and honor and kind of the stereotypical masculine traits that you might experience with, uh, you know, the standard dad. Um and that, for me, that kind of always generated, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus, um, for, because he was such a disciplinarian, I was always afraid of him and never appreciated him as a parent until I was more of a, you know, an, an older teenager. Um, and my mom was always this very caring, nurturing, um, kind of confidence building human being. So, um, I mean, they, like I said, they, they, they played the roles that I think that men and women stereotypically do play on my dad was that, that, uh, that rock that I could always lean on. But my mom was the one that was always there to kind of build me up when things weren't always looking so well. So, um, I, that's, that, that's the kind of thing, I guess the thing I pride my family on is, is like my parents were really thorough about what they knew their roles were kind of in raising a family and kind of just, uh, just they knocked it out of the park when, um, when doing it. So. So, I mean, follow-up question. I mean, for myself, I, you know, with throughout, like, up till I was about 16, 17, I, I found it interesting because, like, I had much more a, I wouldn't say relationship with my mom, but I, I talked to her a lot more. But then, like, kind of when I hit, like, 16 years old, I had, like, some chats with my dad that really, and it actually came about because of, like, a, my very first like relationship and all that stuff. And I started talking to him a lot more. Do you find that like, it's hard to have a relationship with your dad until you almost hit, hit that like late teens. And then you kind of go, Oh, him and I have a lot more to connect about. Oh yeah. Um, uh, see again, um, this is kind of just something or a subject matter that's been drilled into my mind and my siblings heads as we were growing up. And not to say that gender roles are a thing or that, I mean, I certainly do think that just biologically speaking, that's, that's a case, but um, I agree with you wholeheartedly is that like my dad was there to not be your friend. He was there to provide the structure and the discipline and the, um, the real, like, as you mentioned it earlier, is these the practical life experiences and, and, and knowledge that needs to be bestowed upon to their kids. You know that there are consequences to your actions. That you know you you have to be a stand up person. That your image and how you carry yourself around others is you know uh, I mean your reputation means a lot. Um, all these things, being punctual, just those little innate kind of things. Like I would say, we would go out to dinner. Uh, my family made a huge point about everyone being at the dinner table at the same time every day. Like it didn't matter when we were kids, if it was whatever time my mom served dinner, you had to be at the dinner table. And if any of mine or my brothers sat at the dinner table with a hat on, he wouldn't even ask you to take it off. He would just slap it off your head kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was, he was a tough dude. Cause he was raised by, I mean, Again, I don't know about your dad or uh, your your grandfather if he served in World War II or anything like that. But both my grandfathers served in World War II. You know that that the greatest generation type of people who just were dealing with the worst type of situation this world could offer, and just had to kind of live through it. And that showed through their children. My dad's one of those type of guys. So um, I I really agree with what you said about kind of I mean the stereotypical dad that you you really can't kind of develop a closer relationship with your dad until you get a little bit older until you can really recognize the value that he has in your life. So yeah, yeah I agree with you hundred percent. It's realizing respect <clears throat> and uh, 
I feel like a lot of parents uh, implement that, especially old school, you know, old school, new school, eventually you'll learn how to respect people. And like, that's in, in terms of even in our generation and the generation before it's, you start looking at kids and you're like, Oh, they don't respect that. And you realize how important it is to respect the simple things in life. Because, oh, for like, sure. That's that's that is what life is all about, and respecting, uh, understanding, and knowing about people's like pasts, whether it's simple, difficult, easy, whatever the fuck it is. Like people want to, people like I always feel like people always have a struggle in their lives, whether you believe it or not, um, in your own opinion compared to your own <laughs> struggle. But it's like it's respecting that. Well, I was about to say uh, just like a, a quick response to that, Daniels. I mean. Um, you know, on this podcast, we talk, we ask you guys all the time about your networking. I mean, you guys are constantly being exposed to other people. I mean, do you like, I feel like you might have a little bit more experience in like reading body language, just your general interactions with people. I mean, do you kind of get that? Like, I mean, are you able to read people that much more because of those experiences or, you know, the, um, kind of life experiences that they had? I feel like if you're like young and like I, I consider myself young in the business space, especially when I deal with a lot of people in the financial institution space of like older people um, that like you find it hard to like understand at first, but then you, you soon realize that it, it's literally all, it's all about the relationship and like the respect of that relationship that gets you places, whether and like what's amazing is we're a part of this accelerator program and there's so many different companies with so many, like literally so many different experiences in every aspect of business. And you're like, holy fuck. Like one, they deal with the same issues you deal with, but two, they deal with completely different issues and you learn from each other. And like, you don't re- like, I didn't realize this because there's so much technology and so much information in the world where you're, you're, you, you just take it for granted, but then you soon realize how important it is to learn a lesson or learn something new from somebody else, whether they're 25 or 65, and you just like learn to respect that and understand like the little secrets of life. So you're saying you learned a lesson from me because you said 25. I, I mean, I have learned lessons. I've learned, yeah. learned yeah. many lessons yeah. from everyone. What, what can I say? I'm a natural born <laughs> teacher. Um, can I honestly take this into a far left field? Sorry, Waleed, if, if this ruins your flow here, but I just want to <laughs> kind of go up on a limb here. And, you know, with Father Day just passed, it's I'm kind of interested to know, like, what would everyone hope to receive as a Father's Day gift from essentially their children of their respective their, ages their future future children yeah their future children what would they want like so I, if nick had a kid of his same corresponding age what would he want his children to for, give him? like my age so yeah. like so if i had a kid that was 31 years old yeah i would hope that he'd figure shit out he or she would figure shit out by now um not that i have but um what would you want from that child uh honestly like like just a day like I, yeah, like you know, just a day spending with them. Obviously, sometimes you can't get with a, get with your family member for the day, but like, um, 
meaningful gifts, you know? Nobody, went, nobody I, wants, like, a gift card or, I mean, like, not I'm saying, like, gift card, but, like, nobody wants, like, an elaborate gift, but they just want time. Dude, I, yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what I want to say is time, like, like, Nick had his 30th birthday, and we went to Top Golf. I don't know. Waleed and Syed, I think. Or, well, Syed. Uh, Waleed and Scott. Yeah, we were both there. You were both there, right? Yeah. 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 Like, the only thought I had about going to Top Golf, which was fairly expensive, but, like, I just figured, like, we're all going to have a good time. Like, and that's all that mattered. And Nick was turning 30, and then we're realizing we're getting fucking old. And, like, I think, I think now that we're in our late 20s and obviously uh mid 20s mid 20s <laughs> here for duncan doesn't uh, duncan seem so ahead of his age i yeah. know he ages like fucking spoiled milk in the desert yeah i think if, i think too. if you displayed yourself as duncan instead of alec people would take me some more yeah <laughs> I, I think they would uh um, like but i think everyone looks for time together because they don't, they don't give a fuck about materials, and, and especially our millennial generation is starting to give less fucks. Experiences. They're all about the experiences. They're all about the time together. Because no one, no one talks about, hey, I got this cool whatever shirt, product, anything. Yeah, but there's still something to say about a uh, a meaningful gift. So like no, my yeah. unicorn T-shirt is not going to be a hit. <laughs> No, 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 but like it is, that's, awesome. that's unique. That's like different. That's that's ten dollars. That's not seven hundred and fifty dollars to say, hey, you're gonna get a new club set. Yeah, it's like, hey, the reason why I got that shirt is because it's clearly from me. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Like it is the most Alex He's gonna wear that shirt that I could give him. He's gonna wear that. He was like, what the hell? Yeah, my son. It's a it's a it's a slam Duncan. Yeah, yeah well done. <laughs> Um, oh, can you please start using that term? Yeah. You just you would, you would you would honestly make my girlfriend so happy because she literally refers to me as Slam Duncan. Slam Duncan. Nice. Um, over to Waleed and Scott. What would you guys want as your Father's Day gift? What do you want as Father's Day gift? Uh, honestly, um, I'm pretty simple dude. So as long as my kids bought me a bottle of booze and bought me lunch, I think, uh, <laughs> hanging out with the family and, uh, getting a little shitty while I had some good food in my belly would be, you know, would be suffice to, uh, placate bottle, my, my needs for Father's Day. A bottle of booze is an experience for sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as you share it, then yeah. your kids are going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, again, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like Canadian, I mean, most kind of European tradition is like, you know, when you're with family, you just kind of get as drunk as you can and just share stories and, and stupid uh, experiences. So um, I feel like there's Preach. there's no kind of uh, more close-knit kind of thing you can do with your family. So that that's perfect for me. Waleed? Waleed? Yeah, I think, you know, what kind of Dan was saying, I'll backpack on that, just, just time. So whether it's like just spending the day together doing nothing or like going out to eat, like just knowing that my kids, my future kids care and um, just want to spend the day with their pops. Yeah. I think the, the, the kind of not just like feeling obligated, but wanting to spend time yeah. with someone yeah, yeah. is, is probably the best gift that you can give. Yeah, I mean, right. ultimately I think my dad would be the most, he'd be the happiest person in the world if i just went 
right? We're not going to tell mom. We're going to go out for some steaks, some beers, and some uh, mashed potatoes. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That you sounds amazing it. to me. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to come back, and no one knows the wiser on it. And then, Where's your dad based? He's based out of, well, I mean, he's based out of Ottawa, but even now he, he travels a huge, huge amount. So, so if you had the chance, would you go visit him, like, on a Father's Day? I know, like, you were here. In Arkansas, yeah, like, so. I mean, the thing is, I I would love, the thing is, now, my dad is literally one of my best friends. Yeah. Like, he's just one of those really, really cool guys where we go to a bar and we just Get talk shit for four or five hours and it, it comes to the point where I learned things about my dad where it's like he's like oh I've never told you that and you're like no you never told me that like <laughs> that's like the weirdest thing but I'm so glad I'm learning this now because that's one of those weird things about parents is you kind of come back and you say this is something I never knew about yeah, they're you. an endless source of like just yeah. stories and knowledge well it's weird you never think of your parents as humans almost yeah yeah you never realize that they have their own experiences their own life stories and you're just like nah you're my own parents like you used to get fucked up when you you were a teenager you never had a life before me (laughs) so don't worry about it and um i think the whole father's day thing is like almost taken for granted it's like this kind of like weird thing where you don't realize right if this person has been in your life they've been in your life for a reason and if it's, you know, you're celebrating your Father's Day with your mother, then, you know, she's acted as both roles. Right. And, you know, in that respect, it's almost like a, a double holiday for them. And that you're like, they yeah, it. yeah, you know, it's it. almost like Mother's Day. You should almost give them that kind of like matriarchal experience. And on the Father's Day, you should almost give them the patriarchal the experience. Yep. You know, you just like Mother's Day. I'm going to go get my mom a lawnmower. <laughs> Here you go, mom. I'm gonna use this later to pay your lawn. Mom, Literally one of the things I did when I mom, what you always wanted a John Deere, <laughs> John Deere tractor for that two square lawn in Chicago. Uh, on a serious note, we've got a bunch of friends that are fathers now, including David, Matt, and uh, anyone, anyone else, Billy, anyone else we're forgetting. Um, they're good fathers. Just happy Father's happy Day. Happy Father's to Day to those them, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shout out to the boys. And uh, happy Father's Day to everyone on the podcast that will eventually be a father one day. We're going to turn this into a three-hour podcast. Three-hour podcast. we got, we got three minutes left. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that was a, that was a solid podcast. It was. Um, Alex, can't thank you enough for hopping on. I mean, you're more than welcome to come on the next However many Wally, do you join. want me to do you want me to send you his Arkansas address for the check or his London address? Yeah, hey. So we're at <laughs> we're we're at hundred and ninety nine uh listens. So after this episode we'll we'll have broken over two hundred for sure. I mean, Waleed, you can just retire now. Um yeah. because honestly, I'm kinda shit hot at this. <laughs> so I mean, at, at at the end of the day, I might need two or three of you, but I'll I'll make my selections, and then we'll we'll discuss. But at the end of the day, I think I've dominated well, this. Alex, you're always welcome. The good thing about Anchor, you're always welcome. Anywhere, um, so. If you want to fire me, cool. <laughs> cool. We're definitely gonna have to bring Alex on when he's back in London, uh, living his London life. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I honestly, it was uh, it was real refreshing to have you on. I appreciate your uh, your banter. It was a good time.
Thank you very much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. It's uh, disrupted any, uh, my little rock life on a Monday. Do you have any uh, social media profiles you want to share? Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Audience? Hashtag, follow follow me hashtag Alex Mack. <laughs> you know, hashtag um, Duncanless. Hashtag Slam Duncan. Slam Duncan. Yeah. Um, no, uh, honestly, boys, I think this was a, a great podcast. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it, was, it was nice to do the kind of high-level bullshit, but at the same time, get into the deep and nitty-gritty of it all. Is, is can we, can really we just hop on a phone call after this and uh, <laughs> chat? No, we got to leave it up. We got to leave it for the audience. We can do another Yeah, no, days. seriously, this uh, episode made me want to, like, uh, like uh, hug my mother more. <laughs> We usually we usually do at least two hours. So if you guys have another fifteen minutes in you, we can do it. But it's up to you guys. I can I can go. Um, can we take like a ten minute break? Yeah, ten, ten yeah. minute break. I need to take a. I need to go to the Duke University. <laughs> Donald Duke. Donald take Duke. a Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll do a little bonus after this. Bonus back. You gonna keep talking? Oh. Yo. Yo. How we doing? Good. I'm I'm surprised Dan's so awake. It's, it's way past his bedtime. Yeah. Uh, well, when you get started at 8 a.m., I'm ready to go. Or 8 a.m., sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, ready to go at 8 a.m. too, so. Yeah, it's usually your typical work day, so congrats for being uh, a, normal a normal human being. Yeah. Um. All right. Did you guys have anything you wanted to kick it kick it off with? Because I, I kind of want to uh, hammer Alex a bit with uh, who he is. I think our tens and tens of listeners would want to know kind of who he is. Not don't we to... all want to hammer Alex? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, slam hey, Duncan. Hey, Duncan. Slam Duncan. Um, all right, Wally. Let's do. Okay, so we're at one minute now. You have to three minutes. Ask me every single question that you can. All right, go. Yeah. Speed. Brown. Okay. All right, Alex. Give a give a quick brief high level what your company does at the Excel or like your company that you're at for the accelerator. Without mentioning names. Yeah, without mentioning yeah. names. All right. So my company does uh, encrypted and secure communications for intelligence and military organizations. We also work in the banking and finance sector. And we do uh, a lot of interesting things in terms of keeping people secure and how they communicate every single day. Next. <laughs> I'm sorry, Waleed. I work at elevator pitches every day. Yeah, good. I mean, it sounds like you know what you're doing. Um, so what do you do for them? What do I do? So I'm the director of operations. Uh, what that means is a whole lot of things. Uh, I wear a business development hat, a sales cap, as we've established their different things, Dan. <laughs> and uh, marketing, content marketing, and uh, general relationship management. So what did you go to school for? And how I did you school, get into this? I went to school for business. I got into this uh, through a lot of connections. Um, I first got into the defense and military world through my father, Shadow Duncan. Shadow Duncan. And uh, then... The OG. Yeah, he, he is the OG Duncan. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it, it all kind of came about through uh, some really good connections and uh, through uh, a lot of presentations I made in London, met this company that I'm at now while I was in London, and they heard me present. And it's uh, all kind of a, a happy ever after after that. 
So quick and, uh, uh, yes or no, since we, we have 10 seconds left, nepotism, is it good or bad for business? Nepotism is good for business if it's used in the right way. Okay. Boom, three minutes. Boom, wow, that's, that's timing. Uh, just so you guys know, if you ever are in a pickle and you uh, like escape from a country and like you're being held captive, you call uh, Alex. You call me and then I go, sorry, I can't help you with that. <laughs> and then you're still in that pickle. You gave, you gave, that, Canadian, you know. gave that Canadian, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Can't do it. Sorry. Uh, sorry, bud. Uh, you're in a pickle there. Uh, <laughs> would love to help you, but you're a dusty hoser. <laughs> yeah, you take off, hoser. <laughs> um, weren't you going to ask something about James Bond? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask if he was a real person. Is James Bond a real person? Well, the thing is, is if you look at a lot of historically speaking, the intelligence operations worldwide. James Bond was actually a multiple people kind of operation. So like, you know, Operation Paperclip in World War II carried out by the Americans. I suggest everyone go read about that a little bit. Is really, really interesting. But you have a lot of interesting intelligence operations that have happened that a lot of people don't know about. And when you, especially when you get into the American side of it, you you understand that you know when special forces people went into an operation um, in a country, that, for example, that's an allied country, and they weren't able to operate under their special forces banner, they'd be sworn in as CIA operatives for that night and that night alone. And uh, so intelligence operations and essentially uh missions served a huge purpose throughout world history and a lot of people don't know that i don't i definitely don't well it yeah it's, i mean ultimately we owe a lot to a lot of military groups um but you know the intelligence groups get a, a really bad rap for a lot of what they do but ultimately it's a a system that has been made so that People can operate at the highest level of, I don't want to say military sovereignty, but it's its one of those things where people have done what has needed to be done for people's freedom. I appreciate and respect and, and love hearing about military like operations and stories outside of the murdering of everybody. That's my comment on that. Unfortunately, those two yeah. kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but like, I, I think it's just so cool how militaries operate and like all of the things that they need to kind of abide by and do and, and the operations involved with that. I just wish it was for like, you know, saving babies or like uh, protecting whales or something. Uh, so really what you're saying is if you want to hear like an intelligence <laughs> operative story, you're like, leave all the nitty gritty out so they're like okay so i got on a plane i went somewhere i got on a plane i came back the end (laughs) yeah but like you know i got on a plane uh to save four thousand dolphins from being made into like tuna fish and uh i succeeded by my very awesome suit and jaguar so it i mean I got yeah, Nick, so Nick many questions like off of that example. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
So the first question being, where are they going? They're going to that, see the dolphins. That 4,000 dolphins so, are at risk. So there are 4,000 dolphins uh, off the coast of... Go on. Uh, name country uh, X. Uh, let's say Japan. country X. Don't say Japan. Don't just I go out Japan. I didn't say up. Japan. I didn't. No, you, Waleed, you assumed Japan. Waleed straight up said Japan. All right, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I appreciate those stories. It's just, it's just kind of sad that... Uh, we have to do those kind of things. Too. I mean, now you're just sounding like DJ Khaled. Like, I appreciate you. I mean, we the best. You know, I appreciate you. So that's the thing we learned in the South, that people are using all over the place now. I appreciate you. Have you learned that? Yes, yeah, I've learned that. Okay. Now, can I take this up to a really, like, okay, we've gone super deep. And I want to kind of dig us out of this ditch here yeah. for a second. Is who's played cornholes outside of the three gentlemen, well, two gentlemen I'm with right now. I hey, mean, man. Waleed, Scott, have you played cornholes before? Bags. Bags, bags and holes? yeah. Bags. Bags yeah. and holes. Yeah. Bag, bag, bag. Uh, they call it cornhole yep. corn down here, which we kind of do in Chicago, too, but we call them bags. Yeah, they, they, I, I've heard it. I've heard from other people from other states, too, who call it cornhole. I think we're one of the few states that call yeah. it bags. So, a, a great example of, you know, the different states of the United States mixing together is where uh, Nick and I played a game against a couple of the guys on the accelerator. And it was a very tight game. It came down to 2020, and uh, we lost the game, unfortunately, due to my lackluster skills on the throwing. It was a team sport. It's a team sport. And, uh, and so... I was very frustrated with this, and then we went and played pool for a little bit, and we met uh, a guy by the name of... Gary what? and Alejandro. Gary and Alejandro. And uh, they were very enthusiastic to play pool with us. So we obliged, and we kicked their ass in pool. And then uh, they they were like, all right, let's 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 go play uh, cornholes. Well, that's how they like to phrase it, is bag and hole. And... Uh, then we played bag and hole with them, and uh, it was a decisive victory of a twenty-one to zero. And I, I, I've seen this game being played before, and I've always been interested in this, but I never knew how addicting it was. It's great. It's a very simple game, um, and I feel like college campuses invented it because um, when you're a college kid, you've got. Four dollars and what's better than spending yeah. four dollars on this to get a piece of plywood and drill a hole in it? Uh, but let's go back to that game that you guys explained with the the post mm. with the beer bottle on so it. So Scott, Polish Polish, Polish horseshoes. Polish horseshoes. Yeah. yeah. So I explained this to the people at the accelerator, and um, they didn't find it appealing, even though I clearly explained how awesome it was. Um, essentially. Polish horseshoes. What, what's that? What's the other word for it, or other name for the game? That's what I've always called Polish it. Polish horseshoe. I don't have another name so, for it. It does have another name, yeah, but I don't know what the fuck. It's it like is. something white people frisbee or something. Um, white people. <laughs> um, I think all frisbee is white people frisbee. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't think you see many many agricultural people right? or many like. I don't just think you're going to Ecuador and seeing people be like, who's up for that ultimate game <laughs> later on this afternoon? 
Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Frisbee is a, exclusively find, a white person's sport. We're trying sport. to find sports we're good at. Um, so anyway, Polish horseshoes is where you take two PVC pipes. Uh, <laughs> you uh, put them roughly 15 to 20 feet away from each other. You put a bottle of beer on the top of said each or each PVC pipe. And you throw a Frisbee at the opponent's PVC pipe tower with the beer on it. And if you're able to knock down their beer bottle and it hits the ground, you get points. There's a whole point structure behind it. But, um, I mean, it's kind of a a comparison to um, cornhole or bats. Cornhole, baby. But, yeah. Also a fun game. Same kind of. Also, yeah. same kind of uh, concept. So, it's a bit, it's a bit more while leaving Scott, speaking of internationalism, where would you two live if you could live in the U.S. of A? We talked about this on a previous podcast. Oh, did they? You're obviously not a listener. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> I heard about it today. And, uh, no, no, no. No, no, one, no one said, no one said, um, we, we said outside right, of Chicago. Yeah. Nick, you said you Chicago. Nick, you said you wouldn't leave Chicago. Scott said Nashville. And... Dan, I spaced. What'd you say? If you lived outside of Chicago, what'd you say? Little Rock. Little Rock. He said Little Rock. Fucking lies. And I, and I broke the rules and just said Chicago. Oh, no, no. I did say, I did say Barcelona, even though I got my phone picked by. Uh, you're there. pronouncing it wrong? Uh, Barcelona? <laughs> Barcelona. Bar- continue? Yeah, with a list. Yeah, that, that was my, that was my uh, spot uh, that I would choose to live in. Yeah, so uh, you referenced me, me me being an uncultured swine before. Uh, <laughs> true. Excuse me, Scott. <laughs> it was relevant to the discussion topic. It's called the loop around. Well, it's relevant to this uh, fucking uh, subject. Matter now, this well, fucking so. topic. Scott sounds a bit uh, salty. So, so I haven't I haven't traveled outside the United States, outside of Canada, and that was simply going across the river from Detroit to Windsor, Canada. Oh, so, not a good um, cultural I'm, experience, I'll tell you that. For you. Like, go, go on. No, I, I mean for me, it was it was a great cultural experience, honestly. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of infatuated with the Japanese culture, so I, I've always wanted to travel there. Um, if I enjoyed it, maybe that's a place I could live um, outside the United States, but. Um, Somewhere in the UK, I've got Irish descent, and I've heard a lot of people. Well, you should, uh, you should ask Alex about, uh, Well, you can ask me about both, Scott, because I've been to Japan for about four weeks on the school exchange, and I've lived in the UK for a while. So, Where would you rather what stay? do you want to know? I mean, there. I, I don't know. We're asking follow up questions <laughs> to this, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any questions. I, I, I guess it was just kind of my own personal choice on that. But uh, so, Japan, what was your what was out of all the? I mean, have you traveled extensively, or is have you kind of just limited to a few like one or two countries outside of where you? So going? I've been to. Okay, so first part of that question, I've been to uh, obviously Canada, um, the United States, Mexico, Africa, around Europe, and then Japan. Um, and in terms of Japan, I've been to Hiroshima, Osaka, Tokyo, Asaigo, and uh, Osaka. So I I love Japan. I think Japan is one of those countries that, you know, it's in terms of tech development, it's it's just mind blowing. 
you know, it, it... So, yeah, real quick, I'm sorry, before you continue any further, because I think what you might say might involve some of my question. Um, what is, so maybe if, if this doesn't kind of go into what you're, you were going to say, that's fine. Um, you can follow up with that afterwards, but, um, is there, so with all the countries you've been to, obviously like the human condition has a lot of shared experience. What about like the Japanese culture stands out to you compared to the European cultures you've seen your, uh, brief time in Mexico or any, or Africa? Like, is there, is there something that is like really innate to Japanese culture that just stands out compared to other cultures? Um, so the thing about Japan that a lot of people probably understand on the surface level, but until they've been there, they don't truly understand it, is the intricacies of the culture in terms of honoring and respecting where and who they are. And it's really, really intricate. Like, I mean, it's as simple as waiting until a traffic light um, says you can walk before you can walk and not eating food while you walk because it might, um, you know, affect some person's sense of smell or even as simple as um, being too loud in public. You know, people really understand that respect and being polite is uh, 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 not just a, a kind of thing that you should do as a nicety, but as a, a, a matter of kind of national pride. So I think Japan is yeah. one of those things that it's a country of people that all love who they are and love where they're from. And at a certain point, they truly respect one another. Wow. Would you ever say that about America? Um, I mean, in all honesty, uh, probably not. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, honestly, the the so, Americans get a bad rap. Americans get a hugely bad rap. So I have a question because uh, my buddy lives in Germany. Do Essensmann chocolate? Yeah. So he. <laughs> so um, I asked him, I'm like, because he li so he was born in Poland, yeah. right? He moved here when he was very young. Arkansas? Or moved. Nice. <laughs> he moved to uh, the U.S. when he was young, a.k.a. Chicago. Or Chicagoland area. And uh, when he was, I would say, 28, he moved to Germany. Right. I have the blue. Obviously, he was chasing the He's love chasing of, a woman, yeah. He was chasing the love of his life. Uh, but Did that work out well for him? Or? Yeah, it worked out well. He's got a, he's got a baby. Uh, he was married here. He got a divorce. Uh, but anyways, he I asked him a question because he came here twice, and then I eventually visited him once. And I asked him like, "What's one thing that's different besides from Germany to the U.S.?" And he's like, "You truly feel free here." And it's not the fact that, you know, he's living in communism or anything like that in Germany, but there's like, there's a lot of rules and regulations and uh, policies that people strictly follow. And like, if you're not following them, they will report, well, they will report you. Well, I think there's two types of freedom, not to interject too much, but I think there's legislative freedoms and then I think there's social constructs. Right, right. That's why I feel like in Germany, there are still these social constructs, like, 
containers that people are like yeah. expecting you like hey we were we were a communist like dictatorship yeah. company company country company <laughs> but he's living he's living on the uh west side of germany which is a free side no but right? it goes beyond that in, in all honesty uh, i mean growing up in canada and i mean that's so similar to the united states a lot of unless you've been to canada you don't really know but it's it's basically a mirror image just with free health care um and higher and taxes, higher taxes, and higher taxes. oh well done well done um, so, <laughs> well done well done but in all honesty it is it is very very similar it, the only thing that i find is really really eye-opening is there's legislative you know kind of limitations on what you can do you know like whether it be drug policy whether it is you know what you can do with your own body what it is yeah yeah, healthcare etc etc but you know him saying like i find it more free in the u.s i understand what he's saying but at the same time the social construct freedoms like what do you feel is freedom like what because like when i come here i personally feel a little bit like I need to be careful with what I say, what I do. Do you really? Because it's... That's because you're a foreigner. Well, well, you you yeah. see the, the Twitter shitstorm that surrounds right. the I'm country. Not, I'm not talking about like, that kind of stuff, but like you can... But unfortunately, that right. is what people see. And yeah. I, unfortunately, it's the, the media kind of edge of it is... And it doesn't give the real U.S. It really doesn't because, you, you know, you have the... A country of 300 million plus people that are all people at the end of the day. And, you know, people are all respectful of each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, when the thing is, if I was like, if I was in trouble on the street here in Little Rock, I think someone would come and help. But the horrible edge of it is I would feel like someone would probably help me more in London than they would in Little Rock just because of the country that I'm in. Okay. okay. Be, like not knowing, not are you knowing talking shit about America, there? bro? Yeah. Well, not even not knowing, not knowing the people here. Right. So that's not that has nothing to do with the countries. That's the no, but that because have. the negative perception that you already have going into that country. Do you I think people actually think you're from somewhere else here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe if you like talk, right? Because you have an accent. Maybe if I talk. If you have a little. <laughs> So maybe if, if I walking literally down the street, open maybe, my mouth and say a, a if word, you're walking maybe down the street you or riding a line scooter, no one's gonna look at you differently than anyone else because they don't know you're not from here. Very true. No, like very, very true. But the thing is, is you have to think right. If you were in Japan, for example, mm-hmm. right. very blatantly, you do not blend into Japanese culture. Yeah, you're, you're, or you're anyone for that matter American. in this podcast. Yeah, you're not Asian. <laughs> anyone for that matter does very not blend in. But in that sense, you would probably say because of my predispositions of Japanese culture, I know that, well, this is my disposition Japanese culture. I know that someone would probably help me because of who they are you know, oh, historically okay. speaking, okay. you see what I'm saying? I understand that. And, and that's where it becomes very, very difficult. And, you know, like, I think people in the U.S. Though? 
no, but like people in the U.S. get a bad rep. Like, look at Scott's dad. I'm sure Scott's dad is a a lovely human. Never mm-hmm. met the man in my life. Now he's got guns. He's got AR-15s, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know that gets a huge amount of negative press. Right. But you know Scott's dad is just a guy living out his you know Second Amendment. He right. he likes what he does, and he's in no way a danger to anyone's society. You know what the second amendment is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, culture. That's a true American right there. But, you know, the the thing is, is like, you know, you look at like Scott Stepp, for example, a lot of people kind of have this predisposition to, you know, you own that, you're this type of person. I would completely disagree. And And that's the problem. Like, people are are stereotyping Americans to so, be like you like people that have guns like obviously I'm roommates and best friends with Scott and you know he like Scott you have different political opinions than I do but that has nothing to do with what I think of you as a person and I feel like people that I mean things in the news but if, are but, a lot but if you knew a Scott that wasn't your roommate or a good, very good friend of that best friend well no Scott's helped me understand that like yeah. like his like I know Scott Scott's so, so I don't I don't judge people by their political view I make fun so if it's I, fun if I can, if I can give an opinion and sorry guys uh, guys in Chicago need to give an opinion very shortly after mine but uh, I feel like in Europe. Obviously, there's different countries that are almost like states in our perspective. Um, well, where there's more, there's more culture built building. There's more people building there. Like people, people care about people because culture is so. I feel like so niche in a way. Like people, like I don't know. You live in a small town, or, or even in a country. The country is the size of a state here. Uh, and you have a shit ton of people there that are like the same culture, where in the U.S. it's it's dispersed in a very large space, and everyone has their own culture. And then at the same time, everyone's the same culture. Like everyone's an American, but yet alone, we're right right now we're seven hundred miles away from each other doing this podcast, and. And and people in Germany are only like two hundred miles away from people that are Polish, you know. Like, but, we're, but like, and, and if you had a true Arkansas guy come on this podcast, you would notice the culture shock. For sure, shows. for sure. Well, well, that's yeah. I mean, Danny, you were touching on it before. You were talking about how many European countries are the size of some states here, and just close proximity we have to each other, uh, or at least the countries do in, in Europe, and. And not to get on a tangent about history, but that was kind of the foundation of this country was that any, every individual state was supposed to be seen as its own country and they were governed by an overarching body, the federal government kind of thing. But that's kind of why there's so much division. There's why not necessarily division, but why there's so much difference in the American culture is that, you know, you get people from Florida who we hear stories about like uh, fucking drunk man fights alligator in the backyard or. Uh, you can go up to places you guys like right Idaho or Utah where, where there's no, what? Man, go ahead, sorry. Continue. Uh, no, I'm just saying. So just going with what you're saying. So, yeah, I mean, um, 
uh, to kind of piggyback off of Alex and everything, just about how like Americans get a bad rap. And I, Alex, I certainly understand. There's definitely parts of this country. If you if you opened your mouth and you were asking for help, he will just say uh, he's not from here. Uh, run away from that fucking guy, kind of thing. Um, but I feel like, especially in the Midwest, um, I feel like there's that hospitality, a little bit more of that kind of homeliness that you might experience in some of the other countries you were mentioning. Um, but yeah, again, I feel but, like but um, that's another that's another guess, culture thing, like. I mean, you kind of explained the fact that certain regions, maybe it's not state by state, have different cultures, different affinities to help people or or whatever it is. Um, But what we're seeing in the news, as Alex Alex mentioned, um, we're going to get a bad rap for that. Like Chicago, for instance, we're the murder capital of the world. But like, I've never felt unsafe in chicago it's because you live in the north side but like i like i uber around right so like i'm in different neighborhoods and like like the neighbor like there's a pot how often do you go to garfield yeah. park bro uh at least that, once a week because because the people that uber 90 percent of the time are i'm not, not saying like specific to uber but like it's a small pocket that the entire city is defined by no, it's the is not defined by Inglewood. I'm, I'm not, not not in the Chicago local news, but in the national news. No, it's not. Ask anyone about Chicago. The first thing they're going to say. Who is going to say Chicago is the number one murder capital of the world? Everyone on the national news. No, there are not. People are going to say, oh, yeah, they have good hot dogs and, and good uh, pizza. But uh, some guy from New York is going to say they have shitty pizza but good hot dogs. That's what they're going to say. And they're going to say the Cubs suck and all that kind of shit. Well, if you or, talk to people that don't watch the news, yeah, sure, that's what they're going to say. Yeah. But I, I just, I completely just I never that. heard, like, on CNN or Fox News that, hey, Chicago has great hot dogs. But what I have heard is uh, 700 <laughs> people get murdered in Chicago. Well, you're you. watching the news. I'm not watching the news. Negative Nancy here. Right, like, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly the point I'm trying to make is like that we're getting a bad rap in the media because of that. Well, New York smells like piss. Did it smell That's like piss? That's not in the news. There? That's not in the news. Yes, it well, is. Well, no, but all right, all right. You, Google, I, we're, Google, we're going New off on tangents like now, piss. but right, but I'm just saying that's not that's not what they talk about in the news. They they talk about <laughs> everything. They talk about everything, and it, depending on when you log on to the news is when I'm not logging. Out, I'm like literally watching the news. Yeah, what people like. A lot of the people just literally <laughs> sit and watch logging on. I'm just logging on because I'm so used to the internet. But uh, let us no, but no, don't, don't 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 argue semantics. Yeah, can we can can I take a stretch back and take a left turn right now? Uh, let's go back to the take a stretch shirt. back, take a left turn, bro. Uh, let's go. <laughs> Sounds a sweet dance move. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let, let's let's set it back to what would who would you be? Before the internet, let's say if the internet didn't exist, I'm gonna say person. I disagree. What do you think? I, I think there's this romantic ideology of yeah, having you would not be the same person, like living off the land. Yeah, and this is just because I've been absolutely binge diving onto this YouTube channel <laughs> the internet. of this I, this guy that's living off the land and has his homestead with his family and living off his cows and everything. And I think there's something very romantic about that, that don't get me wrong. If I was knee deep in it, I'd probably just end it all because I couldn't ever do it. You know, a second day, I'd be like that first day I'd be tapped out, but there's something very romantic about 
not being off the grid, but being completely self-sufficient where I feel like environmentally speaking, you know what you're doing. Um, and then like, even like supporting your family and teaching your, your kids and not, not to make too pessimistic, but being like, if the world goes to shit, your kids know what's up. Like your kids can live off the land. Like, like, let's be honest. If the world goes to shit tomorrow and everyone has to live off their own land, I think, you know, don't let me speak for everyone, but suffice to say, I think everyone in this podcast is pretty much You can still dead. have Costco, though, right? Yeah. No, no, no. You're done, bud. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Costco's got everything. I'm going to divert this just a tad bit, just because, uh, Waleed, I feel like you haven't spoken in a while. Um, Waleed, where would you be without the internet? I know you're a fucking Twitter freak. Uh, <laughs> in my in my in my follow very, Walid on Twitter. In my small opinions, uh, Twitter. so like, where do you where do where would you see the world if, if the internet did not exist? Um, I mean, from from what we've learned in history of of human beings, we would just adapt. And I mean, I don't think I don't think necessarily us living off of our own. I mean, obviously. Yeah, if if we were con- constrained to our own lands, yeah, I mean, of course we would die. I mean, we'd have nothing to eat except like dude, pigeons. No, dude, we're so um, adaptable, man. We would figure shit out. Right. I'm, I'm, think- I'm that's tired what, that's, of yeah. that we wouldn't be able to figure shit out. Stop we thinking. Stop thinking yeah. about uh, like food and shit. Just start thinking about like social li- living. Like, how how much do I interact with you online? That's different, but, well, like, but every, yeah. everything you do, everything else you do is online. Because I'm, I'm trying to run this tech company. Yeah, exactly. So you'd be completely different. I'd, I'd fucking start plowing a field, whatever. I'd figure it out. Like, start, I'm, a, I'm okay. an adaptable person. Then, start, then say you start plowing a field. That's all I'm asking. So, lead back to the story of... You got your good fucking... We understand, <laughs> we understand you can get, uh, you know bacon at your local grocery store and all eggs and shit like that but i'm talking about like social living of knowing everything being able to google whatever the fuck you want ending an argument uh being able to know what nick's doing on a friday night based on his snapchat uh and knowing whose birthday it is because every fucking time facebook notifies you that it's someone's fucking birthday which i never say happy birthday to any anybody besides uh, the people that are close to me, uh, FYI, I'm sorry, cousins and loved ones. Sometimes I just see it, like I don't write it, but happy birthday. Just take care of your uh, tribe. Exactly. I, I think it would be more. Tri- I think it would be more tribe based, and I, and I think it would be more. Uh, people would love each other more. But back to back to Walid, uh, what would you think? Um, I, I definitely think. Uh, well, is it like? It's just ending now, or we don't have the. It never, it never came. It never came. Yeah, then, then it would kind of just be the uh, the norm of like what happened with our parents. Like our parents who grew up with friends, those friendships would would fizzle. I mean, only your closest of the closest would would stay relevant. I think. Uh, I mean, I mean, like you, you're not going to want to send snail mail. I mean, you you barely call people on the phone. You remember? I mean. There's that um, there's that skit that, that one comedian does, Sebastian Maniscalco, where like you remember back in the day when like you know your your dad's friend would just randomly stop by and be like, hey buddy, I was in the neighborhood, I thought I'd stop by and see how the kids are doing. Like you know that shit ain't happening now. You know 
nowadays you're, you're hey, hey you're having coffee coffee cake or a pastry yeah. waiting for those like, people like now someone rings your fucking doorbell you're like turning off your lights like who the fuck is at my door what the hell is that going if on? you have that if like, you have a ring hashtag do you, chicago do you, do you think do you think there'd be a I mean, obviously, everyone considers Elon Musk as the next Albert Einstein. Nah. Which, which <laughs> I, Talk about man's <laughs> personal opinion. No. There was just an article on Forbes, because I checked the internet. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, political bias. I'm just saying, do you, hey, he what just do you think? On MSNBC? He deleted his Twitter. If, if the internet didn't exist. He, he's definitely, he's not definitely, yeah, he's definitely not Albert Einstein. He, he, he deleted his Twitter. To, today. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's going to be he, back in 30 days because they're all fucking junkies, all right? <laughs> well, he shouldn't be on Twitter because SEC's just yeah. finding his ass. Dude, you see his, uh, I'm getting like, I'm kind of getting frustrated now with his like uh, boring company. So that whole like underground LA highway that he was building, like was supposed to be like, these just like ever moving platforms that your car sat on. And then like, you know, it just took you through the whole like, underground of LA well like he did like a demonstration of it and it was just like you you drive your own car underground that's pretty much it yeah but so that's another you, know, you know where fucking the guy invented the light bulb it was just some fucking piece of glass and some fucking electrical shit that burned out right away all right well you know well, he, no, he just came upon that or he he had an idea but you know he wasn't Elon Musk who fucking uh, made a powerpoint presentation of what it was gonna be and it's something well, else yeah it was actually the like day, in the, old... the powerpoint presentation was him showing them the way so yeah and back to my question exactly who do you, he came up with his product you, like if, if the internet wasn't alive fuck uh fuck uh Steve Jobs fuck uh <laughs> Bill, Bill Gates <laughs> You've got hockey hooligan. Yeah, Nick Nick that fucking thing there, <laughs> Fuck Bill Gates. Fuck all these tech guys, right? I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying fuck them, but like, just forget about them. Like, it, it, like. I mean, Dan, you're just talking about Dan. You're just, you're just pretty much saying, what would you, what would you do if you had to live in like the 80s? <laughs> yeah, but 80s question. in 2019. Yeah, but like, this... I, I still believe, like, I, I still believe what I said first. Uh, like humans are adaptable, they're gonna find a way to invent that internet again. Like it's just gonna happen. Like it's inevitable. You're not gonna. I, I like, think, as much I think, as you want to like get I rid think of the internet. The question is, how how uh, willing or able how are we to adapt? How much has the internet shaped our culture nowadays? What? Sorry. I said, how willing or able are we? And I want to. I, I don't want to like take all the credit away from our generation. Like I feel like we can. It just we don't need to, so yeah. why would we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 like um, it's just be either you 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 follow you, either you get left behind, or you keep moving on, and, and yeah, you adapt. Like that's pretty much what it is. Like that's how humanity's always been, and and uh, evolution of all species. It's like not according you, to my religion. Do, you're gonna do whatever you can to survive, um, and and find a, a new venture. I don't know. Like it's just it. Humans will always do that, and I think we always will, no matter how much. You, like you, I, I feel like the question you're asking is like, what if today everyone just became brain dead and then did nothing forever? Well, so Alex, you Alex, do? you seem like you have no idea what technology is. <laughs> what do you do every day? I mean, let's let's scale it back. I mean, you said, what if the 1980s was 2019, right? And I mean, the thing is that's hard for me to interject on but it's it's very pertinent is i mean email was invented in 1965 and you know when and waleed will appreciate this 
email when it was first invented is every user on the network could see every single email. It was very similar to what Twitter is Twitter today. Right, yeah. And so you'd put an email on and everyone could see it. And then people said, oh, this is a great idea for scaling out into enterprise solutions. So hence what kind of came about in the 90s. But email has been around for, you know, 50 plus years. So when you look at the internet, it's kind of like a hard thing to say, oh, what would you do without the internet? Well, multiple generations have been living with the internet. So it's kind of saying like, what would you do in the 1940s? instead of the 1980s. Right. Well, let's crank it back. Let's, let's, let's crank crank it. It back. Well, that's where it becomes really interesting is, you know, what would you do in the 1940s? Well, that's post-World War II era. And then, you know... We built tanks. That's but then it's like, okay, well, let's scale it back again. 1930s, that's the Depression <laughs> era. Okay, well, let's not deal with that horrible business because no one wants to deal with Teddy Roosevelt's kind of convictions on economic uh, convention. So then you look at, you know, pre-World War One. well, now you're kind of into the 1800s, bridging into the 1900s. So, okay, so if you look at really technological advancement, it all starts in the Industrial Revolution. So if you're kind of going, what would we do without the internet? I kind of say, what would you do without the Industrial Revolution? Because Industrial Revolution has been a knock-on effect throughout the entire century. So if you go pre-1850, that's where it becomes interesting. <laughs> let's just go back to Jesus, right? Yeah. Before, let's go before, back let's to, go to in this, Let's in go BC, baby. Yeah. But in all honesty, I think what's really interesting is, at least in, in my age demographic of the 25-year-olds, I find it really interesting because we kind of came at the tail end of dial-up kind of connections and you know my first kind of like lovely experiences was like the microsoft paint of the world where you you draw a whole bunch of squiggly lines and fill it in with the the filling can and all that but what's really interesting is i still remember the time of where you'd have to like google directions Right, you know, where you, oh man, let's go way back. Like where you really had to like look up directions and like know print where you're out. going and print them out and print them out and have it for your parent. If you didn't print them out and have them for your parent, you are going to get it talking to, right? <laughs> so you had that ready. And what I find really funny nowadays is like people just don't understand that one they have it easy but two everything that they give every piece of information every piece of data is worth something i mean yeah. facebook is launching an app where they will pay people for their information now and that's huge that's absolutely massive they're saying yeah we will absolutely completely quantify your information hey, and we're, pay we're getting, for it. We're getting paid for it. We might as well pay you a little bit for exactly. it. Exactly. And, and the thing is, moving forward in terms of the data era is how much are you willing to be paid for your data? And, and it, what people need to understand is there's no partial kind of, there's no percentage of data. It's kind of like a yes or no. Because as soon as you say yes to that, you are opening up the floodgates. 
and I don't want to get conspiracy theory. I don't want to get kind of, um, you know, pessimistic. Oh, no, 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 Alex, I'm guessing in your, in your line of work, you probably already know what's coming. But it is, <laughs> it is very, very scary because it, at the end of the day, you know, people don't understand the amount of information available to people right now is, Does it is, matter? is massive. Yeah, that's the Does question. It Does it matter? What, to me, what, as an does it matter that you go to a fucking Jewel or whatever, or fucking Walmart on a Tuesday to buy groceries for two well, days? Does it I, really fucking matter to you? Well, that's what I, for a I, 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 I give a pushback of, okay, do you care about privacy? And if you don't, then fair enough. If you are looking for the easiest <coughs> user customer experience, if you are looking for the greatest shopping experience, then no, it doesn't matter. I'll be brutally honest. Like it doesn't. People, people that look for that don't, or the easiest, don't care. But there's also ways to not share your information. I mean, 80% so, of the people don't care. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't affect you on an individual level, then you shouldn't care. Like, like this, this, this whole, uh, like, people that put tape over their fucking cameras... Or these like camera covers that are coming out, I see everywhere. I'm You've like, got one, right? are like, what are you doing? The camera, like oh, that. That's that's my question. Are you building a bomb? Are you fucking like going crazy? Are you fucking but conspiracy pornos? Like, okay, but like conspiracy theories aside, like I was in a presentation about nine months ago by the CEO of Okado. And she, uh, so it's like a grocery delivery system in London, well, the UK. And she talked about the amount of innovative AI tech. Um, Now, it's not true AI because it's machine learning principle. But what they can do in terms of they've made a 3D printed model that can feel how ripe an avocado is. And they know based off their principles in the next kind of like two years, they're saying that let's say Nick has a real hankering for, I don't know, fucking Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. Fuck yeah. And they would be able to say off of predictive models in the AI say, all right, Nick on the third Tuesday of every second month. That makes everything more efficient. Where you will be, will be hankering. We'll be just, just, Gagging for a cookie dough Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Let's make it less frequent. And so what Tuesday. what they would say is they they would have they would say all right, based off of their models and based off of everything they've gotten privacy wise, they say he gets off work at the X time. He he takes this time to get home, etc. etc. Et Within five minutes, they'd have a Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream on his doorstep. Within five minutes just, of when he how gets How is that just, not utopia? No, that's, that's, not, it? that's not utopia. That's not utopia because that is someone socially and uh, scientifically engineering your life. So, so, like, so, so, so they so, so, know what I want. I disagree. Right? I disagree. No, no, with they're that. telling you what you want. I just, no, but like they based off of my personality. So yeah, they, but they're saying off of your personality, off of your likes and dislikes. They're saying. You should like this, so you will like this. So, like, but if I do like it, both of us win. I'm sorry. So I get the money and no, I get my ice cream. But then let's, let's dive into this deeper. And I don't want to take it 
too far down this road, but like <laughs> nutritionally, right. you will get a predisposition to that right. X product. So you are building, in the essence, a an addiction to I see that. the so, X product. So and two, two things. Two things. Um, one, there's a lot of crap in our lives, which is uh, health-wise, ice cream, Ben and Jerry's, all that kind of crap. But it's technology, food, or fucking just social crap, yeah. right, which people get tired of. And then two, it's it's all averages. We're we're assuming Nick's driving home. We're assuming Nick's having a uh, perfect drive home. We're assuming this, all that, whatever, right? And let's just say Ashley starts an argument with her husband, Nick. Uh, Never I love that. you, Ashley. And this time going to happen. Shout out, Ashley. Uh, and, uh, I hope you're listening to this three-hour podcast. <laughs> FYI, Nick is wrong. Um, and Nick decides to take a right turn instead of a left turn. But I won't because they already know what I'm going to do. No, no, because they ha- it all has to be calculated. Okay, but let's say Nick takes a right turn instead of a left turn because humans are unpredictable. Even though how much you predict, how much you fucking do, every once in a while you fucking take a curve. That's yes. what that's okay, what completely. Yes. And, and, and once, once we figure out all this artificial intelligence, people are going to freak out even more that, hey, you need fucking cookies and cream ice cream because. Your happiness, or you want to wear this red shirt because you're going to be, the, you're going to have the happiest fucking day of your life if you wear this red shirt. You're going to say, "Fuck you," I'm. I want to live my in my own life, and people are people are going to start living in cages because they don't want to that's, deal with that's, that. That's the yes. threat of AI. Yeah, yes. that's that's like, like, but the thing about, is, yeah. you're you're. And sorry, Walid and Scott. Let me just go on a tangent here for a second. You're forgetting that AI is very much paired with quantum computing. So AI by itself is, is a lovely model of utopia bullshit. It's bullshit. But quantum computing is very real. And quantum computing comes down to pure processing power. And so the thing that people really don't understand is quantum computing is, is just binary. It's, it comes down to ones and zeros and how much power you have. And the best quantum computers actually, it, it's a toss-up right now between U.S. and China. It's arguably in China's favor. But it's right now, if the, the biggest quantum computer, if every single human on the planet right now, in this second, right now did 60 calculations on a calculator, like just in a second, and you take that all up, a quantum computer would do two or three times that in that same second. And when you think about data, that's all it is, it's ones and zeros. And when you start saying it takes a left instead of a right, they, that's a one or a zero. That, that, that all it is is data. And so quantum computing paired with AI becomes a very, very frightening concept because and this is why there's an entire council and a tribunal to say what AI can or can't do. I mean, AI was run by, I won't mention the company, but was run by a major conglomerate in the United States 
one side of the AI was given gold, one side was given silver, and they were say, learn to trade with each other. Within four hours, the AIs had learned to speak their own language. And the company didn't have any concept of what the two AIs were speaking, so they had to un- And that's it. why I want to live in boo fucking whatever. Arkansas. Because in Arkansas, I don't want to baby. Everyone's growing their, like, this hipster fucking population is going to knock off this technology because they don't want to deal with it. But so, got, the convenience factor takes over. Like, oh, I don't want to make decisions. Yeah, but it, it, it reaches a threshold. It's like, oh, I want my fucking package the same day. But after that, they don't give a fuck and they don't want to, they, they don't want their information shared. Okay, right. so one, 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 one sentence from both of you because you know we've taken it enough time. <laughs> Waleed, one sentence on AI. Scott, one sentence on AI. What are your thoughts? That's on all it? you get. That's <laughs> all you get. It's literally one sentence. No run on sentence. We, we can go in the fourth hour of the podcast. Uh, this will be my sentence. It'll be a plug for Sam Harris. Alex, you know who Sam yep. Harris is. Uh, so he he's a neuroscientist and intellectual philosopher type of dude. Um, his podcast, Waking Up with Sam Harris, he talks a lot about AI and his worries and concerns and has all the leading kind of uh, engineers and, and minds kind of working in that industry. Um, I recommend other listeners, if uh, you want to get a little bit more in-depth concept about what we're talking about, I'd listen After to Sam After you listen to all the Monday Night Hustler podcasts. But go ahead. Yeah. That, that so, like, what, what did he say about it? I wasn't even opinion. Well, I mean, just plugging you know, so I mean, I, I don't. I mean, to to be honest, Alex Alex is. I mean, he's a super intelligent dude. He's his level, of, his his ability to process all this and the information and and the uh, the ingenuity that's going on in that industry is way above our knowledge of that. But Sam Harris kind of just talks about. I mean. He focuses a lot on uh, not so much specifically kind of what Alex is talking about. That's what that's another problem that might stem from AI. But this is just kind of the uh, uh, what is it called, Alex? The um, what's the one? The is it not the something problem where once AIs realize that they're like sentient or they're they're they 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 pass human intelligence, like they know that they're capable of kind of um, changing yeah, so their own it's, code. It's almost and like stuff. a self-actualization problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's got a, it's got a not a scientific term, but like a like an invoke term that they use to represent what that kind of whole that hypo or that uh, um, theory is. Uh, but yeah, he just kind of just talks about the doomsday theory that that uh, that idea all the time about like the term in the Skynet thing where. Um, you know, and you were you mentioned a tribunal, and there's I know there's they're leading the front a little bit more in the UK. I don't know if there's an actual international tribunal or. or um, a round table of people that are deciding like legislatively what's going to happen once AI becomes a normal part of, um, you know, global culture. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of just what he focuses on. So, I mean, I, I, I don't have much of an opinion about it. I like to think, I mean, I don't like to think about it, but I, I feel like there should, there does need to be some concern and, and oversight looked I at uh, how fast kind of AI is growing and the integration with the, how deep the integration is going to be with our culture. Okay. So great one sentence from Scott. <laughs> And over to Wally. Um, my one sentence is make more right turns. Make more right turns. Well, that, that was, that's, no, no, that's no, the no. deepest thing that, that has no, no, been no, set no, on no, this no. three-hour podcast. I'm not going to give that to Wally. No, no, no. Wally, no, that, that is the more. best 
one sons make more right Wally, turns. Wally, you give me something more. I'm when, the new host when, 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 more, when, give me a, more. when AI says left, you go right. I just want to make sure that my Alexa wakes me up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Don't just, just make sure you realize that when your Tesla tells you to go fucking left. <laughs> no, Wally, Wally, give me, give me a real opinion. A, a real one sentence there. I think that was the most powerful one sentence that you do, um, Wally, do not fold. Do not I think, fold to the social. Uh, the Wally, social no, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep your new leader no, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I, I'm gonna keep reiterating what I, what I've kind of been saying. Um, you know, humans only use twenty percent of their brains, or average twenty percent of their brains, and we'll keep adapting. So, quantum physics, uh, you can go shove it. <laughs> humans will fucking. <laughs> Humans, humans will adapt, and um, and yeah, I think uh, I think Wally well, is very pro-human, anti-machine. I love it. No, no, I'm all for machines and making my life easier, but uh, but I still think uh, humans will always adapt and and in any circumstances that that you know come their way. So, well, most humans will I appreciate. I, I appreciate will. that. Yeah. All right, well, guys, it's been an amazing three hours. I appreciate everybody on the podcast. Wait, what about your son? Uh, as I said, Alexa, wake Alexa, wake me up at six a.m. That <laughs> just set an alarm for six a.m. She's been listening. Um, my close. one sentence would be: approach AI with cautious optimism, and await for the results. We're gonna die. Dan, <laughs> Dan is. I love AI. You know, I want it to rule my life. Dan's anti-AI, 100%. Dan, Dan is just, obviously you can tell by the trend. Okay, the show, Dan, like, Dan, give us like, your fuck. one sentence on AI, real quick. Fuck AI. Dan wants to live with the Amish. <laughs> I just wanted to really quickly say thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate you guys, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking with all of you. Thanks. No, Alex, you're more than welcome uh, to come back on if you're if you're around next week. Yeah, so, one um, what, one more one on. more housekeeping uh, item. I just want to thank our our sponsor, Harry Raven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, 